Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode uh, 101. That's kind of weird to say. Episode 101 of uh, the Galen Trombley Show. I have uh, Joel Wood here, and we've been trying to do this for a little while, and then, but that's fine. We perseverance, and I just kept bugging you, and we got you in here. But um, so, Joel, you're someone I met. I think I don't even know. I don't even know when I met you. If it was a chamber event or ADKYP event, or um, you're one of those guys I kind of like had heard of, but I hadn't actually met. And then we met, and I don't know the origin of our uh, relationship of when we met. Um, That's a really good question. You know, I don't know. I think I might have been working for Elise at the time. Uh, maybe we met through Benner. I don't know. Oh, could have been. Yeah. I, it it, it kind of was the same way. And, and let's back up. Episode 101, I was watching the podcast roll out, and I was like, am I going to be the the 100. centennial episode? But 101's okay. I, I don't mind 101. Well, so the thing was, I've never, I've never actually planned an episode to be a certain number episode except 100. So what was 100? I missed it. It was me, Ryan Lee, Jared Burns, and Megan Whedon. Oh, so and getting it, like the OG crew back It's kind of like three of the original. I think if I had to, because the only, the thing is I only have four mics. So like I could have added Matt Craig. I could have added like Anna Hewitt. I had a few people that are long, like that was actually Ryan's only second time on it, which was funny. Huh. I thought he'd been on more. Meg's been on a bunch. Jared's been on probably three times. So I didn't realize like how many people and again i had three mics i was kind of on a whim kind of like who i was talking to at the time and texting like let's just do like a group 100 be fun besides number one matt craig was my first one so i planned on him being number one um just to get it off and rolling because we were kind of starting our podcast about the same time and then it just kind of rolled and nobody's actually a number but you are very close you are 101 which actually is weird because saying 101 versus saying like a number like 101 101 101 just sounds cool yeah, I like it. It's like the kickoff of the of the next hundred. I don't know if this is season two. This is almost actually this is almost like season three because we started in December of 2018. We're going into December of 20. So I had to December of 18 season, December of 19 season, and now it would be December of 20 season. So I don't want to recap what you guys talked about in the last episode, but did you expect that it would be going this long? Yes. Yeah. Well, this is. Um, I was hoping it would go this long. The expectation level is I'm kind of one where. If I can keep doing it consistently and I want to do it every single week, my goal was to keep doing it now that we're at a hundred, which is doesn't seem like a lot, but when you actually go back in time and like think about it, I'm like a hundred and one episodes that That's have been lot. done fairly con- like all within about a two year yeah, basically a two year span. Um is pretty cool. And then I start thinking about all the people that I've had, and then there's some people I have that have committed to the show. COVID's a little screwing com- like some of the scheduling up because some people with their work aren't really feel comfortable coming in or aren't allowed to. But I have some decent guests coming on. I'd call them like local celebrity guests kind of people coming Ooh. on, which again, local celebrity, we kind of like, that's yeah. only so high. But yeah. you you know, people that did you, people Did you get know. Tom Nessner? Did you get him? Um, I told you about that. He- Wait, he, did, did you? He's 
he told me he would definitely do it, but he's in that boat of people that can't do it yet. I am so happy that I got to go before Tom. I don't know if I could follow that. I, I, I'm excited. If I had to pick, there's a few people that I get really excited to talk to on for the podcast because like part of it is Tom, I mean, you grew up around here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tom Messner, I've always been an NBC guy. Like mm-hmm. when I watch news and stuff or I watch anything, it's always been NBC. I very rarely watch ABC or CBS. So, you know, I watch shows, but when it comes to news and stuff, I've always been uh, WPTZ. Tom's always been the weatherman. I mean, I'm 30 years old. Tom has always been the, the main weather dude. There's been like Gib Brown and there was, you yeah. know, a couple mm-hmm. guys in the past, but Tom has always been like the main dude. Like he might not have been the most senior, but everybody just liked Tom. And so now I've seen Tom in person. I've talked to Tom in person one time ever. And if I brought it up to him, he would have no clue and no memory because, and it was just one, I just knew who he was, but it was in Starbucks. It was like, it was like me talking to someone, not like just about nothing. I had nothing. It was like, Hey man, can I use that? I'm like, yeah, sure, man. Like, like not knowing I knew him. He didn't know me, but, um, I'm excited. So he's, he's a verbal commitment for a future date. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited. I feel like everyone locally has a Tom Messner story and I have one for you and, I'm and, and, and he's going to, I'm going to derail this episode. Do you know Tom personally? No, I don't know him okay. personally. No. Um, and he wouldn't remember this either, but if he listens to this episode, Tom, this happened, we were, I'm a, I'm a huge skier, downhill skier. I love it. We skied together. We did. We were at, you were much better than me. At, yes. At Chamber ski day. I wouldn't say much, but we were, I was at Whiteface. God, I was probably still in high school, so it had to be like pre-2012, and uh, he was there with his son, and we ended up getting in the gondola together, and uh, I remember thinking, oh, well, here's my shot. Here, Here's the guy I grew up thinking was the local celebrity, right? I'm like... Kind of still is. It still is, still yeah. is, yeah, and I, I was probably, I don't know, a teenager, 16, 17, I don't even know. And I was sweating bullets, man. I was nervous. But I was like, how do I, what do I say to him? So he's sitting across from me with, with him and his son, and it's me and my friend, and it's quiet. No one's really saying anything. And then I go, Tom, I think it was supposed to snow today, wasn't it? It's pretty nice out. And he just glared at me. And he goes, he goes, well, you know, the accuracy of those. And, and he starts going into it. And I was like, Oof, that could have went a lot better than that. <laughs> <laughs> so you were trying to like joke with him. Oh yeah, I was trying to joke, but I, I don't know if I had the inflection in my voice. Like I, I don't know if he thought I was serious. Like who is this kid? The good thing you screwed up on that forecast, oh, Tom. Man, yeah. I, the, the weather always like the funny thing, and I, I have like a ton of questions about weather because I'm fascinated with the sky. I'm like I've had some people on here that have like really nerded out about space. Like I like stuff that we don't know a lot about. We know about weather, but. It's the idea that how can you predict weather patterns days in advance? Yep. And I know people like. They always get mad at uh, weather forecasts. And I'm like, at the end of the day, I mean, you try to sit there and read something that could switch on a dime with whatever technology you're using. I think it's just fascinating that they're right a decent amount of the time or in the ballpark. Yeah, I I was Googling this recently because uh, I I got married in September, at the end of September, and uh, we were doing an outdoor. Congrats, by the way. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. Uh, We had a pivot uh, because we got married during COVID. Um, Originally, we were supposed to get married indoors at the Hotel Saranac and then uh, 50 guest restrictions, not being able to dance. We were like, that's not a wedding. So we did something outdoors in Point Affair at Champlain at a private property that we rented. Uh, COVID friendly, followed all the rules and guidelines. But when you do something outside, you got to think about weather, right? So I was panicking because it's like the one thing outside of my control. And I'm a control freak, like type A personality to the T. So I'm like, I'm searching the weather forecast every day on AccuWeather. And then like one day, I, I was looking like 14 days out, right? 
and I was like, I wonder what the what the um, uh, accuracy of this weather forecast is 14 days out. So I Googled it. Apparently, they say, and this is a question for Tom. And Tom, if you're listening, be be ready for this question. Apparently, after like nine or ten days, the accuracy drops to like a guess like it's a wild guess at that point yeah they can only do it up to like within five is like 95 percent and then or 90 percent and then it goes and then it drops all the way down to like you're you're guessing after that wow yeah that's well because again they do a lot of like 10 day forecasts so technically that's kind that's probably why they do it because it gets beyond that then it's like ah coin flip yep um so do you guys plan on having like like a big ceremony at some point? It was just like intimate ceremony and then you can have like the big bash at some point or you guys just kind of like, eh, we're going to be just kind of call it. Uh, no, we're, we still, we're still going to do the big bash. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably uh, we're shooting for October 2nd, I think of this year. Uh, we're going to have to see. Of 2021? Of, yeah, of 2021, okay, okay. the upcoming year. Yeah. Like, you just missed it. but that's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> You're late to your own party. Oh man, uh, I got to get dressed. <laughs> um, we ended up getting married down in uh, Florida, in Naples and we had a really small ceremony. Me wow. and my wife, this was God. 2000 beginning of 17 so wow. we're going on year four. Oh my god your time flies we're going on year four the uh congratulations yeah thank you and it, and uh the thing was we went down to florida she's always wanted a destination beach wedding we were going to go um international like i mean island or something but mm-hmm. it was like worked out perfect but then we ended up having a big bash at home like four months later and it was perfect because there was no ceremony it was like we're just going to maximize the dancing and drinking and having fun. Yep. And we had the ceremony, which was fun. And that was like more intimate. You could really enjoy the day. And then the party, you could really enjoy the people and the party. So I think it's, I think the two-step thing is so much fun. So I think you guys will have a blast when it comes to an actual party, when it's just like, great. Like all the stress is off. This is, yeah. we're already married. We can have fun. Because that's the thing. Like you get so nervous about everything working out good that once it's done, then you're kind of like, okay, I can relax now. But yep. trust me, I don't think anybody like really relaxes until about midway through the evening. And then you kind of like, okay, everything's good. Everybody's fine. It's kind of like one of those things where I'm like, you know, if we forget the one, whatever, uh, going back to my type A personality, if we forget the thing that was supposed to be on the gift card table, no one's going to know but me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No one's going to point it out. No one's going to notice. So we got through the ceremony. Everything went well. And I think next year on October 2nd uh, for the Big Bash, we're still going to do it at the Hotel Saranac, which we're excited about. Good. We're going to do a one-year renewal of our vows. Like, you know, okay. hey. Is the sh- second the anniversary? Uh, second will be a week after okay. the one year. Yep. So we'll do a renewal of the vows and, um, you know, I made it a year. She didn't leave me mic drop kind of thing. Yeah. There you yeah. go. You're, you're starting off with a good foot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I, one full, it's, it's weird. Like once you're married because like leading up, there's a lot of stuff leading up to marriage and then you get married and then it's kind of like, well, this is kind of it. Like, you know what I mean? There's not like you can renew your vows, but like there's, you know, there's not like you don't get engaged. Like then the next thing is, you know, if you have kids or something like that, yeah. but um, which is also a huge thing, but it's like you and your spouse, I mean, you hit anniversaries. So it's like the fifth and the 10th and the 20th or whatever, 25th anniversary. Um, but it's always like, it's always the build up to all the stuff leading up to the wedding. Then you get married. So it's like, it's good. You got through one year. It's like, you keep going, you keep going. Yep. And so it's like every, every, it's crazy. Like every year is kind of like, Oh, that's cool. Like it's like a mini milestones. Like, Oh, year four, oh, year five. And it's kind of, it's almost like when you dated someone like how you dated two, one year, two years. Now it's like five years. Like, okay, now it's a little more serious than the one, the one year anniversary where it's, yeah. you know, um, now planning for the wedding where you guys were actually, were you like the control freak of that or no? Oh yeah. I was a groomzilla for sure. Really? Oh yeah. Groomzilla. Uh, it, because it, it wasn't over things like, um, decorations or anything like that, but I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's like, uh, 
did we think about the trash cans? Like, did anyone think about trash cans? And they're like, oh, well, we'll bring one from home. And I'm like, yeah, but like, you're going to remember it, right? Like, you're going to, should I text you a reminder? Should I send you a calendar invite? Like, <laughs> where are we at? Um, so, so everything worked out perfectly fine. But yeah, I was a groomzilla. So you're kind of like the, uh, you're almost like a Navy SEAL kind of guy. You're just like prep for everything. Oh, prep for every disaster. I have like contingencies A through Z for every event. I think you and I are a lot alike. So th- just like this tournament, I was planning it. Yep. And uh, we've, we've talked about this uh, golf tournament we planned for a lot. Uh, Joel was one of the players, so he's one of the 16. Yep. I'd say the original 16 of like the big format, because me and Matt started, but, but like the big 16. Um, same thing, like I was going down to like the small, minute details, and like some people would be like, you know, would probably roll their eyes about it. And, uh, you know, part of it was like, hey, I just want to make sure that every, th- every single thing we do and step we do is, like you said, I have a plan A and a plan B. And, yep. and then I'm also thinking everything over, not just leaving it up to chance, like all the way down to how far to space out the tee times and how far to yeah. like, because a lot of it's like logistical stuff. It's like, you know, where am I making up the time? And I like the planning aspect of it, but just like, I'm not one of those guys like on a whim, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like I do something, everything's like, I'm, I'm like you, but the things are planned out. I would, yes, 100% argue more on like, are the garbages going to be there versus what color is the linens? Exactly. I don't care about the linen colors. Yep. And that's where I was. And, and for the golf tournament, I just have to say, I was probably, I gave it my best effort. And, and I had a blast, man. It was so much fun. But I guarantee, I guarantee, I would challenge anybody who was a part of that tournament, other than yourself and maybe Matt, to say that I was the only one who read those rules cover to cover. You think you were the only one? I think I was the only one. I would wager it. I would like to know that because I asked... And I didn't need to know them because I was never a competitor, but I read those rules. If I had to really go through the people on here who I would think would have read that cover to cover, Do I'm going to go right down. Forrest, I think 100% read it cover to cover. Really? Amel, no. Craig DeBoos, I'd say no. Coda skimmed it. Matt Craig, I don't think read it. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike Rao, Mike Rao, I think told me he read it. Ryan Lee definitely read it. I'm I'm guessing on a couple guys. Steve LeBombard read it. Adam Scarf. I think Adam would have read it. I think, I think he would have. I definitely wrote it. So yes, Megan, no, Jared Burns, 100% read it five times. Okay. Okay. Let me rephrase. I was the only non-competitor to read it. Like those guys had a chance at winning. So they wanted to know the rules to win. I was like the kind of guy who's like, just in case they have to ask me what the rule is i want to be prepared i think you read it for the real thing i think the rest of them were trying to find loopholes that's that's what i think it was i think and knowing a lot of these guys are like well can i move my club like can i move the ball forward like no you can't like can i move it in the rough like no you can't but i think some of them were really looking for all those like competitive advantages Yeah, yeah um the good thing is and i was actually the one thing i loved about this tournament so we brought in 16 players half these guys i'd say half these um i would 40% 40% of the people I probably had never played golf with before, or maybe less than that, maybe 30%. You being one of them, Adam Scarf being one of them, Amel being one of them. So like some of these people, I'm like, I don't know how they will be actually playing golf in a setting like this because mm-hmm. it was different skill levels. Some people will take golf serious, some yeah. have it for fun. Um, I'm kind of in that like, I probably now in my career do more of the fun than the serious side of it. Yep. And I wanted to see how is this going to be pulled off because we were only going to be as good in this tournament as the participants. So I kind of needed the participants to go along with it, but that's why part of it, like the prep came in. Cause I think if I don't do a good job prepping this mm-hmm. for whatever reason, and then everybody's like, well, this is like, 
whatever, we're playing golf, but it's not very well run mm-hmm. and it's not very official. Like if we would have had this scoreboard like on a notepad and risk. Like, so what's the score? This was very easy to read. Yeah. And you know, the, the element of having the shirts like Coyer staffing coming in and buying like and spending for the, the shirts I thought turned out good. I, I wore that shirt to bluff last weekend and I got so many compliments on it. I, my golf game is still trash, but I got compliments on the shirt. So like I was repping it hard. That's perfect. Yeah. And I, I love it. And that's, that's why like part of this is starting to feel like a legitimate event. And that's why when every single person, the reason I knew that this was going to be okay was when we started to pick teams and I started, some of the guys started reaching out to me about who are we playing and like a, oh. most of the blue guys started reaching out Six. Oh, there's eight of our players. I definitely talked to Jeff, Jared, Steve LeBombard, Mike Rao at length about the tournament. And there's a couple guys I didn't, but then like the day or two before, we had like a group text going like on Facebook about people talking like our team. And I'm like, people are getting into it. Then me and Jared showed up to the Bluff Point the night before, and you rolled in. And yep. Jeff Stipp told was texting me he was rolling in. Oh my god! So like it was so funny that and Forrest was there too. We we were we were at his the same time? Yeah, yeah. Forrest was there. Yep. So and then I know Alec played that day. Ryan played that day. So like it was funny when these guys were like everybody was going out and playing. Yep. And as soon as I saw people actually going into practice, I'm like, this is gonna be good. Then we showed up the morning of. I was planning on getting there, getting there early. May got there early. We were kind of prepping. Alec, I think was the first person to show up, uh, Adnaha, and was like jacked up, ready to go. Oh, what then, a golfer. Yeah. What oh, a golfer. Very good. Actually, I, I, I snuck out this morning and played with him. Did you? Yeah. He's very good. He's, yeah, he blew me out of the water. He's such a good golfer and um, g- great kid too. Just a lot of fun. And we ended up, like everybody was just pumped and pumped. And then as it started going along, people got more excited, I think, as the day went on. Yep. So we're really hoping that this grows and grows and grows. And part of it, we've talked about like, potentially making this slightly bigger next year, but we do have a cap on people. Okay. Like the cap being, okay, so 24 people is a normal Ryder Cup, 12 and 12. We were at 16, so we were 8 and 8. So we could, in theory, bring on four more people per team, which we might do because we did have a lot of interest this year, and there's some people that we just couldn't get in because they couldn't make it or time frame or it was full. We had some people on wait lists. So this is kind of the group that we're going to be like, listen, we're going to do it next year we're sending the invite out to you 16. If you want to do it, we want to hear. And then obviously we'll maybe backfill another eight golfers or anybody that can't make it or doesn't want to play anymore. Um, but I think most of these people, if given the day that's open to them, they'll come back and play. Absolutely. Everyone was having a blast that day. You guys organized it so well. Uh, I mean, we raised a ton of money for some, some great causes and, uh, I mean, I'd be back. My goal is, you know, like in the NFL, when you have like a comeback player of the year, yeah. that's my, that's my goal, man. Now I got something to work towards. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to train constantly. So, and then it's like, I'm just going to, what is it? What is that even called? Yeah. Hustle. I'm going to hustle them all next year. Hustle. There this you go. is my announcement. Right this here. is, so this is it. I'm Joel, making it. Joel Wood is coming out. He's coming to play. <laughs> so the, uh, and, and part of me next year wants to say like, Hey, if we have all the people that want to play again, do we just leave the teams and not even do a draft and just mm. say, just like leave the teams up? Cause it was, I mean, it was almost even down the, down the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll see. Cause maybe we're just like, Hey, listen, like this is our team. And then if like, if Amel doesn't play, then I can get one more person. Or if like someone from the red team doesn't play, maybe they just backfill with another guy. Like you're on team red. I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see how that plays out. But you guys have a lot of options. You could do like uh, almost like a keeper style thing where you get like three or four keepers each. You can keep three or four people off your team. Yeah. The rest are shuffled back in and then you I can like redraft, yeah. right? Right. Like every time I talk, that's why I talk to like I, I, a lot of these guys have come on the podcast since this because I keep picking their brain because we're, we're trying to 
I really think we're going to start planning this tournament for next year, probably in January or February. And part of it is let's really get down to like what is the format. The format's going to stay the same. We're not going to turn this into a scramble. That, that's like the one thing that made this cool. Mm-hmm. But the little things like how do we redo the teams or do we just do a random redraft or um, or like you said, do we or do we open up the field or you know? And, and there's so many options. Um, you think barracks barracks is going to be where you stay? Potentially, yeah, um, yeah. we've thought about our other options. Is obviously Bluff. North Country, which is in Rouse, well, Champlain area, um, yep, yep. and then Adirondack. Harmony wouldn't really work because only fourteen holes. Like yeah. we could do it, be like it'd be. I I like the full eighteen. The problem with uh, Bluff Point is that your ninth hole ends at the road and doesn't come back to the clubhouse. Yep. So there was a benefit about coming to the clubhouse, but then if you're doing the singles matches, everything would end at nine, and everybody would have to drive back up to the clubhouse, which is we could do. Um, but there is some benefit to like ending on the ninth hole, especially for like, look at those contingencies. You've thought about this. Oh, oh yes. man. I love it. Yeah. I so we it. like, I mean, even down to like, listen, like we had some people like Meg, Ellie and Hannah were kind of helping us, you know, on the, I guess, coordination side kind of deal or like day of, so they weren't yep. playing, but they were there. So if all of a sudden they're, we're finishing up on the ninth hole, we don't, we can't really be down by the ninth hole, but then they're going to be at the clubhouse at bluff. So then it's kind of like very distant. Yeah. Where the good thing at barracks is you can see a lot of the stuff right there. And the barracks is usually a pretty chill course late in the year. And it's more, it's more, uh, golfer friendly. It's a little easier of a course. Um, I loved it. I, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it at all. Um, you know, maybe down the stretch, maybe not next time, but I, I think it would be pretty cool. I don't, I don't know if this is kosher or, or, or well-practiced, but uh, maybe a multi-course tournament. You know what I mean? Maybe you play at two different courses over two days. And that could work. I, right? Yeah, we've... we've um, and one of the guys that was supposed to play this year, smart smart married man, was his anniversary, so he punted oh. it. He, he committed, and then, okay. was, then it right. came up to him. So, will, um, will he remain unnamed? No, we'll name him. No, we're shouting him out. Bryce Hansen. Okay. All right. Bryce, yeah, great yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Good golfer. Was, like, jacked at the play. Like, super excited. So he's one of the guys that... That's why I'm saying, like, if, if for some reason this were to get, you know we don't get all 16 maybe Bryce just fills in yep. if not we would extend it out because guys like him I know a few other people were gonna play just couldn't make the dates work um but he was one too like he was excited to play but he came up with the idea like this tournament's gonna grow mm-hmm. and we already I mean these are people that reach out after the fact when they saw like how much we were hyping it up like dude how do I play in that next year and I was yeah. like which we knew was coming I didn't think it would be this much this soon if but the idea that and Bryce said, listen, do you have a play-in? Do you have like some tournament the month prior that figures out who your top 16 or 24 golfers are? So say Ooh. you have 40 people that enter, okay. only 24 make it. And we'd have to do something fair. We'd have to be handicapped. And like, yeah. you know, so if you joined yeah. in, like you and Steve LeBombard, who's a very good golfer, would have the same chances of getting in. Meaning if you played well, you'd get in. If Steve played well, he'd get in. Um, oh, so the, uh, that's neat. So you're still playing to your handicap, but you have to play well to the handicap. As of right now, we want to play it with the handicap. Could it get to a certain point where we really could just say, listen, like, yeah, we just play a stroke play in the top 24, make it. We could that the problem is golf's not everybody's like perfect example yourself. Like you don't play a ton of golf. No, you're I- a great person. You're a great advocate. You're a great ambassador for this tournament. I would rather have good people that are doing like. I would rather have the good people that we want, like really standing behind this tournament, versus just a good golfer that just wants to show up and play golf. Like, yeah, I hear you. And I think part of it is some of the, most of these people were 
Adirondack Young Professionals or local business people that were like wanting to give back. And I think it didn't, it doesn't have to be that way, but I think a lot of it is kind of cool because we are in a space of most of us are in a local like business space is how a lot of us knew each other. We learned, we met each other through work and through, you know, the chamber and things like that. So it's kind of cool to kind of keep it like that versus go grab somebody that none of us really know, but is a good golfer and wants to play. So we tried yeah. to keep it really to like, who are people that we know locally that would be kind of more as like a donation fun thing, but also still like golf and competitive. Yeah. Because then people react to that on social media and they're like, Oh, I know him and all oh, they yeah. start sharing it. And, and people were asking me, they're like, Oh, Holy crap. You're playing in a tournament. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm practicing, <laughs> yeah, but, it, but, but but again, but, we try to make it we try to make it all inclusive. So yeah, no, now, it was a blast. And I think some and you you were one of the guys we've talked like you're one of the ones that we weren't sure. Like there's a there was only a couple people that I thought the handicaps were either too high or too low for people. Yep, I think you could have gotten a few extra strokes to make it a little more competitive in certain matches. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, like, like that foursome match, we played really, really well. Uh, the, the four ball at the beginning wasn't my best. I was still rusty shaking that off. The singles even at the end, um, I was playing against uh, Alec. Yeah, you yeah. played Alec and Mike were good golfers. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he beat me every match, but like they were close with my handicap. I think if I had a stroke or two, it would have been competitive. Um, and uh, at the end, though, I mean, he was giving me lessons. You know what I mean? Like he was like he was yeah. helping me out and, and, and making my game better. So... Um, no, absolutely. Awesome tournament. You guys did a great job. Yeah, this is cool. Like I said, and again, getting people like you and, um, I mean, cause you were, you were one of the last additions, even though I don't think you should have been. Cause I think you had mentioned it and we just didn't have you planned to like come. Like, I think, I think you had told Meg you were in and Meg didn't tell me you were in. And then I'm like, Hey, we need some people. Yeah, and you're it was like, like Joel's in. I'm like, wait, is Joel in? And she's like, so it was a little, I mean, I'm glad you got in. Cause it was, there was a little miscommunication, but I think you took like the last one or two spots, Yep. which we were very, we were extremely happy that you were one of the people involved, but we just, I was just kind of like, I haven't heard from Joel yet. Not realizing you had kind of, I like circumvented. Yeah. Meg asked me at like a chamber event and I was like, yeah, I'm in. And then she messaged me like three or four times and life was just so, it was right before the wedding. It was like yeah. so chaotic. So she's like, she's like, I'm just going to, order you a shirt and you're in and i was like all right fair enough like let's do it well that's the thing like a lot of i know how a lot of guys are not and not blaming you but a lot of people are just like yeah yeah i'm in and then i'm like okay perfect but i'm like if you're in you're in because we're yeah. planning stuff around you so if all yeah. this, and nobody backed out everybody was no. there this was the same group of people that a month prior committed to it and they all stuck with it which is our concern was that the week of somebody was just gonna be like, Hey man, like just not going to make it. Mm. And I'm like, and I get it. If it was like a major catastrophe. Yeah. Um, and the thing that we didn't really do, which I think we could, we kind of had some backup golfers just in case that I think if we would have called on a whim, like could have potentially in. like if Scott couldn't make it, we could have like had someone fill in for him, but, it kind of ruins because because you guys went through the process of doing the draft and doing like the well, we had the scorecards per and... person we had like the names so a lot of it I'm yeah. like listen we're gonna have a shirt for you we're gonna have your names on the board which this isn't all done the night before this is all done prior so I'm like we just want to make sure we have the commitment and you know like we we spent a decent amount of time but the good thing is a lot of the time that we spent yeah grab me one of whatever draft ah, it there you go is that good black cherry yeah I'll try I'll give yeah. it a try I'll give it a try. Um, this uh, podcast is sponsored um, unofficially by White Claw. <laughs> That's so timely. <laughs> Look at that is great. So, Joel, minus, minus the golf, minus, okay. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to get right into, um, so you're the director of NAM Trans. Correct. And I we're going to quiz you, but I think you're going to nail this out of the park. Okay. I would not 
I don't think I ever would have gotten this, but what is the what does Namtrans stand what does Namtrans stand for, and what does it do in the local like our local area? Yeah, absolutely. So so I didn't pick the name, uh, but we roll with it. We roll with it. It's uh, Namtrans stands for the North American Center of Excellence for Transportation Equipment. If you wrote all those words down and drew lines to them, they might not line up. But really, it's North American Transport is what that acronym comes down to. Um, what we do is we represent the transportation equipment and aerospace cluster of manufacturers here in the North Country region. So you have uh, seven counties, seven most northern counties in New York State, same region as like the North Country Regional Economic Development Council. And you have more than 50 transportation equipment manufacturers in that area, which it doesn't sound like a ton, but I think if you asked anybody, and I've done this, I mean, I've gone to job fairs and asked college students like how many transportation equipment manufacturers do you have or we do we have and they're like uh you know i say zero to five five to ten ten to fifteen fifteen plus every time they go zero to ten and like they're just really when i say transportation equipment manufacturing what does that mean well the ones that people always think of are Novabus, bombardier uh norse titanium you know the people who make the companies who make a part that goes into something that moves. So a bus, a plane, a train, uh, you know, whatever it is, an ATV, an off-road vehicle, if they produce something that goes into that final product or builds that final product in the case of Nova or Bombardier, they're part of our cluster. So what I normally say for my elevator speech is we help them in a few different ways. We help them with employee training employee recruitment and retention, uh, technical assistance for any questions that they might have, um, helping build out their supply chain. Really, we're a one-stop shop. So we have a bunch of partner organizations that we work with, like SciTech and the Workforce Development Institute and you know our local colleges, Clinton Community College, Clarkson. And we connect them with the resources that they need to succeed in the area because they bring so much money and job opportunities here. Um, so we're here to support them. That's pretty so, much Namtrans. Yeah, and I think so. Again, I guess for people that don't know how this ties into the North Country, like why, why was this position, like why did they create this position? Because it's a new position, you know. Why it was is, this yeah. created? Why? And are you the first person to hold this position? I'm not. No, I'm. A, I'm actually the second director of Namtrans. So the first person yeah. to hold it was uh, Danielle Johnson, yeah. um, who is is formerly Danielle King, Danny King. Um, she worked for the chamber for a number of years, um, in the economic development department. And she was the first director of Namtrans when it first formed back in 2015, 2016 range, um, really got its legs in 2017 and on. Um, but, uh, it formed because, you know, the, the development corporation TDC, uh, where Danny works now, um, Nova bus, when they came to the area, um, and a few others, they kind of took a look at the area and they said is there a critical mass of a certain type of company a manufacturer for example to warrant having an organization that's dedicated to just supporting them and they did the study and the study came back and it said at the time that you have 30 or so 33 34 companies that are producing transportation equipment parts um, or the buses or the planes themselves uh, buses or trains themselves i should say and you should you should form an organization which is not a model that's um, completely uh, new. Um, there are cluster organizations like this in Canada. So in Canada, they have the Quebec Ground Transportation Cluster. 
They also have an organization known as Aero Montreal, which supports their aerospace industry. And um, we kind of modeled, Namtrans modeled ourselves, our organization, off from the Quebec ground transportation cluster. And they mentored us and kind of said, this is how we set up our organization. Here's how you should set up yours. Um, obviously the chamber was instrumental in all of this, the North country, North country chamber, they house us. So I work out of the North country chamber of commerce. Um, they're really the reason why I have a job, why Namtrans is a thing. Um, but we're there to support those transportation equipment manufacturers. And, uh, you know, I think Danny laid the groundwork. Um, the organization needed, uh, you know, branding and a logo and kind of a cohesive feel of what it was. Got all that together, and now we're hitting the ground running. I mean, we held our transportation rendezvous and B2B event in 2019. We're going to hold that again in 2021, COVID pending. Um, but the companies are starting to feel comfortable reaching out to us and and you know asking us for assistance on really anything. And that's that's what we're that's what we're meant for. I mean, again, I'm going to 50 companies employ. I mean, this is at the time that we pulled this off, 9,000 mm-hmm. people. That could be higher now. It's roughly that. Yeah. Same thing. So, yep. I mean, but that's about 10% of our population in the county. Yeah. Right? It's huge. So, um, and that's direct and indirect. So, that's like them actually working for the companies or working in some support role where. Yeah. But, you know. it, but I'd say that's still, I mean, you're still part of that company. You oh, know? yeah. And, yeah. Um, and that also, and again, I know that you're talking 9,000 people that are kind of like, first level, second level or degree from them. Yep. But then you start talking about the manufacturing, which is a huge, you know, industry or industry group around here. Mm-hmm. Then you start factoring into like it affects my job. It affects a lot of people's jobs that I'm removed down. But again, you have nine thousand people that are somewhat employed in that space. Yep. It's kinda of, I mean, take whatever the Air Force base was back in the day. The Air Force base I think was very similar in population. Mm-hmm. And you know, you take you know, when they left. So if you take like manufacturing out of the North Country that would be very devastating, you know? And the thing is that I, I see this from afar. You're in it day to day. Um, is, I mean, the manufacturing I think is kind of the future of our, or like what, what our in, or I say industry, what our, um, counties gonna be built off of. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the plan with the I, idea of it? I mean, obviously you can pivot a bit, but like, I would think right now that's kind of our main, our main hub. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, I think it, I think it has been for a long, long time. I think we really never lost in the North country, our manufacturing, um, the heritage or our spirit. I think that a lot of areas around the country, you saw manufacturing collapse, right? I think in the North country, we had it. We were manufacturing things like, uh, you know, matches and, uh, simple paper products and, uh, which we still do. And, and it's I mean, huge. George, like, uh, mold, right. And, uh, mold. The caps and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and we just never lost it as, as mo- some economies moved on and cities grew and things like that. Um, they, they lost their manufacturing base. We never lost it. And I think that's important because especially in transportation equipment manufacturing, because no matter what, and Gary says this all the time. No matter what, we will always be moving people and goods. It might change how you do it. You know, one day it might be a flying train or a flying car. You know, I'm just throwing out a crazy example. But they're always going to have to go from place to place. Mm-hmm. And if we're a, a transportation equipment manufacturing hub here in the North Country, our companies are innovative. They stay ahead of the curve. We'll always keep those companies in those jobs. And we'll, we'll grow with the industry. And I think that's important. Do you think that um, a lot of the stems, obviously, from you and Gary and everybody else, like, do you guys find that you're very forward thinking, very like visionary of kind of where things are going? 
Because I know like one of the things I, I always look for when I work day to day is where is my industry going? Where is the world going? And trying to get into that place and how does that affect myself? And a lot of the stuff that I've, there's a, a lot of my success that I've had in my space is because I've been first to market in certain spots. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing like the research of like where where is this going to be in three to five years? So let me yeah. start exploring that. So when that does come, I'm the pi- not the pioneer, but I'm like I have such a large, you know, I one I have the understanding, but two I have that market um, space kind of kind of tapped or, or yeah. kind of held. So do you guys find that that's something you focus on a lot? Is like hey, we're here, but let's be very open minded and let's do the research. We know where we're going to be in three, five, ten, fifteen years. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's funny. You mentioned the, the the Air Force Base, right? And that's really the catalyst for how transportation equipment manufacturing started here in the North Country. Because when the Air Force Base closed, um, a lot of people kind of thought it was the end of, of Plattsburgh, the end of the North Country. I mean, that story's well told. But the story that's less well told is the fact that as soon as that closed, um, you know, the, the chamber, um, the state, and a lot of other partners came together and uh, they identified that um, we could still, we never lost our manufacturing heritage, right? We still had the ability to, to, to attract those manufacturers. And with our proximity to Canada, let's take a look and see what can happen. And sure enough, Bombardier came, right? And Bombardier sets up this plant, 1995, not, not long after the Air Force base closed at all. And with those major companies, with a Bombardier or with a Novabus or with a Norse Titanium, when you get those big companies that come in, they bring all the suppliers too. That's how that number became 50, you know, 54. Uh, it averages. We just gained another 155. So we're, we're, the cluster's growing. But we pull in more suppliers when those big companies come. And our companies, to answer your question, our companies are really truly, and our educational institutions are the really innovative ones. We're forward thinking in the sense of we're going to focus on transportation equipment manufacturing, but our companies like Novabus, um, you know, they are developing um, uh, electric buses, 100% fully, you know, uh, carbon neutral, no emission buses. And that's forward thinking because uh, California and New York State are leading the way in that in that respect. And the governor has said, you know, they want to um, tran- transform or transition a lot of their transit fleets to fully electric by 2050. Novabus is already producing those. Yeah, that's so, huge. And, and they are the only bus manufacturer in New York State. So it lines up perfectly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm such a big... Uh... Look, when you talk about like electric cars, like Tesla, Elon Musk, things like that. And mm-hmm. like, to me, that's part of it. It's like, that's where the future is going and yeah. like, don't fight it, embrace it. And I think people, it's like anything else, people, you know, even go back to the Facebook idea. Like I'm not going to be on Facebook when I hear grandma's on Facebook, everybody's on Facebook. Uh, absolutely. And, and the thing is, when you talk like electric cars, like Anybody that I see, and again, I'm not a big scientist kind of person, but I look at the electric car to me. It seems like it makes more sense. I know there's people that disagree because the like, what's the emissions of trying to get the electric and all this mm-hmm, and all these mm-hmm. like, and, and then I don't know the facts and figures of it. Part of my gut tells me that electric is the way to go and that anybody that's trying to diminish that is people that either have too much invested in the oil industry and or are nervous or scared if it goes the other way. And I think a lot of it is kind of, 
someone like a Elon Musk. I'm really, I love people that are, are, I love people that are high achievers that are successful because I just love that mindset. I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing that? Like, why did you get, like, I got biographies on different people like Steve Jobs and Elon Musk and, you know, Phil Knight from uh, Nike. Like, yeah. how did you guys get to a certain level? And then thinking back where you came from and seeing the whole origin story and then getting all the way to the point where, why do you think a certain way and why, like, where are you seeing this? And like the fact that he's going in and saying, I'm going to take electric cars from the vault that we, you know, knew of probably eight to 10 years ago where you get 40 miles to a gallon and then it switches to gas and you're like, oh, that's kind of a cool hybrid. And now all of a sudden Tesla's going three, 400 miles an hour or miles per charge. Plus you got the, the Roadster that's supposed to have 600 miles per charge. That's crazy. Which is off a battery. And yeah. then you're like, and this is, this is scratching the surface because you're already yep. hearing them talk like, well, this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And like, you're like, really? But it's happened. You might think like every year goes by, it's slow. But then when you look back and say, this didn't even exist three, four years ago. It's crazy and to it's, think about. But I, I love that innovation. And I'm such like, that's the kind of stuff like electric cars, um, whether it's now, you know, even if it's not that, even if it's just like, what is going to come to our industry or our world that we can tap into that maybe lines up great for the Adirondack coast. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. like what is, yeah. what are we, what do we have as a competitive advantage or what can we shift? Or maybe we're not any different than 50 other locations around the country or hundred, but how can we be one of the first to market where we just get that? We just become the hub for that. And I'm, I'm such a, I'm such a pro North country freak, I guess. Like, I'm just like, so like, we're going to do it. Like, I'm just yeah. so positive, optimistic. Um, what's the sentiment of the chamber the chamber's been doing this for a long time, mm-hmm. and we'll talk a little bit more. I want to ask you some other questions, but like, what is the sentiment around the chamber and the people that work there? Because I think the chamber, personally, having gotten a little closer to the chamber over the last two to three years, the people there are some of my most favorite people to meet and deal with on a day to day basis. I mean, the Christies and the Alyssas, and you know, and the Jody, you know, Jody obviously being retired now, but still, yeah. like the, I mean, the Jody's gonna be a lifelong proponent of the chamber, but like. And again, like these people that and Gary and moving the needle forward and being kind of at the hub of the pro North country movement, like what, what's your guys views on the future? Like what's the excitement level? Cause I know there is, I know you guys are positive about the future, but like, what's it really like? Like what's the, where are you guys all at headspace wise, timeline wise? Uh, it's a great question. I, 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 I didn't confirm. It's a lot. With them. I'm throwing a lot at yeah, you. No, no, no. You're good. I, I didn't discuss this with them before. Uh, you know, so I, I can't speak for them too much. Um, but the, the excitement level is high. I mean, I think that there are a number of challenges and I'm speaking personally, this is my personal opinion. Um, I think there are a number of challenges because of, you know, COVID and what's happening there and, you know, the restrictions at the border and things of that nature. But, um, you know, putting all that aside, uh, the North Country, we have great partnerships here. I think that's something that I hear whenever I go to a company that might be, you know, uh, in the capital region or downstate, or if they're aware of the chamber, or if they're aware of our region at all, they always say things like, you know, you guys, no matter what, you guys meaning us in the North Country, find a way to make it happen. You have the partnerships, you have the the know-how, and I think it's because for so long, um, we had things that were stacked against us, right? It's rural here. Broadband internet has always been, you know, cell phone coverage. We have a lot that's stacked against us, so we build the partnerships 
and we know how, and, and we, in the sense of the North Country, we know how to get things done. And I think the excitement level's high. And you can look back to the business confidence index. I don't know if that's something that you saw. Yeah, I, yep. I yeah. look at all of it. I yeah. look at almost every one of your emails. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think that that's going to remain. I think you're going to see that people are still confident, even with the challenges um, that, that are posed. There's a lot of excitement. And the transportation equipment cluster, for example... You know, um, Norse Titanium um, recently had a visit from Congresswoman Stefanik. They're pursuing DOD contracts, defense contracts. That's huge yeah. for our region. That would be a, that would be a first. You know, um, Nova Bus with their electric buses and the and this governor pushing for those in New York State. That's huge. And then uh, Bombardier Transportation and the Alstom transfer. So Alstom purchased Bombardier Transportation um, uh, worldwide. Um, that poses a lot of opportunities too. So I think there are a lot of changes, but a lot of excitement for what comes next. Yeah. And what beyond, I guess, beyond your industry, beyond the, the, um, you know, Namstrand, Namtrans, I always want to end S there. Namtrans. You got it. I got it. it. I caught myself. Namstrans. Where's the next, like, is it, um, you know, are we talking like the, um, the tourism aspect? Like what's, you get obviously manufacturing huge from like an economic standpoint, but also mm-hmm. like I know Christy and Alyssa with the tourism and stuff. And is that, do you think that's kind of one of the major, like what, when you we take the chamber as a whole, do you guys have broken down? Like these are our major areas of focus, like tourism, manufacturing, transportation. Um, you know, is it the hospital? Is it, you know, I mean some bigger employees and then also some, some places like is it small business. Like I know you guys cover a lot of stuff, but yeah. Like, how do you guys break it down as like the pillars of the North Country? Uh, is that even done, or am I thinking a different way? Or no, I mean we we represent we, we represent all our members, and we represent the entire business community in the North Country, and then and that includes nonprofit organizations, and you know it stretches on. We're really um, inclusive, and we we cover it all. But you know, within the chamber itself, when you're talking about different um, sectors or different um, groups like that, like you reference small businesses or manufacturing it's somewhat divided, um, within, within the chamber itself in terms of who handles what, um, you know, I'm always going to defer if it's a tourism related question or, you know, issue or problem or something that we can help work with to Christy and Alyssa at the, um, visitors coast, um, bureau. Um, but if it's something that's, you know, manufacturing related, especially transportation equipment, they'll toss it my way. Um, and then, you know, uh, we have SCORE, which is a small business counseling organization um, based out of the chamber for that. But really, it's an all-hands-on-deck. So whatever the problem is or whatever, whoever needs help or whatever it is we can solve, we're all going to come forward to the table. But we each have our little area of, of expertise. Um, that was one of the things. So I had Jody on here. And if I have to go, like, so I talk about people that I really like on the podcast or really want on the podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a handful that I'm like, I, you know, I really want this person. If I can get them on, that'd be great. I'd love to pick their brain. Um, Jody was one of those people and she's retired now, but Jody did yep. a f- fantastic job. And she, um, you got Jody and Christy, right? I got Jody and Christy. Yep. I got you. You're the third. Um, <sighs> one of my, one of my, um, I guess like, Big guests that I always want to have, I want to have on at some point, and I, I know I will. I just, it's the, the, the uh, I call him the godfather of the North Country, but Gary. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, with Gary, I don't know if Gary will listen to this podcast, probably not, but he, he gives me a little love on LinkedIn. I see him every once in a while. Gary was one of these guys that I grew up watching, like, as a kid. Like, you just, he was always around. Like, he was always the guy, and any, 
any business thing, you always saw Gary. You know, he, he doesn't look much different than he's always looked. He's got the same haircut, this mustache. Um, I actually was watching randomly. I go into these funks where I'll like turn on YouTube and watch Hometown Cable on like on oh, TV. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I just that posted too. a bunch of like old like park meetings or park events or park uh, uh, board meetings when they were redeveloping the Air Force yeah, Base. Back yeah, back in like ninety seven, ninety eight, and then they had a couple that Gary was like interviewing, and it was so funny. But here's a guy that's been doing it for. Years and years and years, and I was like, I don't know, like that, that's the guy. It's kind of like Tom Messer. I'm like, this is the guy, and I'm obviously building up my head because I've like as a little kid, like these were these guys, and now they're like I can like talk to them. I'm like yeah. an adult, and it's always funny. And I think I've told you this before. Like I would love. To, eventually, I'm just gonna like have Gary come on. I did offer him a shirt one time. He told me he wasn't a shirt guy, so that was about the most. <laughs> that was about the longest conversation we've ever had. But the cool thing was, which I know it's like a small thing, this past year at the chamber dinner. I won the uh, you won the, you won the, the award. Yes. It's hanging up. It yes. was it was great, and I uh, won the coolest award I've ever won in my life. And I, like I, I probably will say that throughout my career, that was one of the most meaningful awards I ever won. I walked in the first person when I walked through the door that came up and introduced or not introduced him, but came up and shook my hand was Gary. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even think Gary knew who I was. And like this is and it's oh, just kind of he knows he knows no, absolutely. No, I know, but it's kind of funny when it, like it, as a kid, and this is like the paradigm shift as like a kid, like. All these people, you're like, I don't know if, like, I know them, but then as you get older and you get in that space, and even though they're 20, 30 years ahead of you, you're like, man, I don't think they know who I am. And then I'm like, Galen, you're 30 years old, you've been around for a while, like, people are kind of know who you are now. And like, Gary's got to know who you are. Isn't that a weird concept? But it's like, just like my, my mind, I still feel like a little kid at times. Yeah, I'm like, these yeah. people are just older and like have been around. I'm not calling these people like old and like done. Like, I'm like, Gary's got enough 30 years. This guy's crushing it. But like, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, these guys have just been around forever. And I'm just this kid. They've been around my whole life. Yeah, and now I'm yeah. like, I can have a conversation with them. And I'm kind of like peers with them. Now it's like kind of cool. Isn't it weird? It, it, it's such a concept. I, I struggle with that sometimes. If we're going to get really deep here, let, go, go deep. Let, let's go deep. Let's go deep. I struggle with that sometimes because I'm, I'm 26, right? Yep. Sometimes I find myself in the room and I take a look around at any meeting I go to, any function, everyone's like, you know, 30 plus years older than I am. And, and, and it's tough sometimes. Um, you get this, uh, this imposter syndrome, like, am I supposed to be here? Yeah. Am I really up for the task? And I think it's natural. I think everyone goes through it. But uh, it, it's tough to reconcile. Uh, yeah. Like, how do you deal with it? I mean, do, you're in a position that, again, you're going up with people that are in their... I mean, 30s, but I'm saying a lot of them are probably 40s, 50s, and 60-year-olds, yeah. oh, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And so you're probably half the age of probably the youngest people there. Yeah. Um, I mean, how does that go? I mean, is it just one? Do you have... Have you gained the self-confidence? Do you gain like, hey, I've done this now, and I've kind of like, I know I, I belong? And Or is it one where you're like, honestly, no, it's still hard for me, and I still got to like... Because I find at times I'm kind of in that balance. Like, I yep. I feel like I belong, but there's times like, I'll go to a chamber event. There's people I won't talk to at a chamber event because I'm honestly too like nervous to talk to them because I'm like, I just, I'm like this kid. I'm like, yeah. you know, which I know is not valid, but in my head, it's still like a stigma that I got to get over. You it, know? It's tough to get over. I, I think it's a fine line. I mean, I, uh, it's, it's knowing that you, you do belong. You're there for a reason. You got invited um, or you, you asked for the meeting and they accepted. You wouldn't be there if they didn't want you there in some capacity. But it's also like, for example, when I'm going to a manufacturer or something, I know in the back of my head that there's going to be that moment of judgment and and there probably won't be who knows, but I I think there could be right based on looking at me. So I I do a couple of things. I do my research. I have my questions prepared and I ask 
You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I, I try to exude confidence, but also be inquisitive. So that way they know, I don't think I know it all because I think you can, you can shift too far to the other side. And, uh, it, it seems to go well for the most part. Um, but it's something that I struggle with and I, I probably will for a while. I think it's something you probably struggle with for, you know, until you get to, until you find yourself looking around the room and you're like, Oh my goodness, when did all these young people show up and how old am I? But I don't know. I don't know. That, that's kind of, yeah, you hit the nail on the head on so many things on that. Like that's, I think it's being prepared, but you can, and this is what happened to me a few years back. I found out that I belonged because I just outworked a lot of people that weren't. And I, I, and I don't want to say that they weren't working hard, but I'm like, I knew I was at a disadvantage. So I had to work harder and I had to know my stuff and I had to really research and spend time learning things to get the edge on them because mm-hmm. I didn't have mm-hmm. it in experience. I didn't have it obviously in like a look, um, you know, and, and a lot of it was and having connections. I mean, mm-hmm. the amount of people when you walk into a room of 10, 20, 30 years older than you, well, at least in my, my field, there's 150 agents. Like why would someone use me over? Is there really that many? Yeah. No. <laughs> so when you talk about a hundred and you got to think like 150 agents in Clinton County, and that's a small board. I mean, I've got, I know places there's thousands and thousands of agents. So when you go through, like, I think right now there's 140 to 150 agents that have sold wow. a house, um, in Clinton County and at least one. And, but you think about it and that's not everybody. There's people that have their license that don't sell. So there might be yeah. 150, 100, 160. So my goal 10 years ago when I was a kid, it was like, by the end of my 10th year, I want to be the number one agent. Like, I don't know. I was 20 years old. I was number 138 out of 140. And I was like, yeah. how do I get to number one? And the thing was like, you pick, you pick a goal and you just work at it. And I'm like, I'm going to be at such a disadvantage for a lot of reasons, but where's my competitive advantage. And over time, again, it's a lot of it's connection. And I say connections, but it's relationships with people. Yeah. The yeah. people that are 30, 40 years older than me don't know me, but now I find that I'm getting a lot of people that are 10, 20, 30 years older that look at me and are like, I like that kid. And, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I just keep being me. I keep acting myself. Yeah, like that's even important. The, yeah, yeah. Even like the yep. podcast, like, why, who do you have on the podcast? I'm like, People I want to talk to. Yeah. I don't care. Like people are like, well, I've had people like, you should make it shorter. You should talk to this person. You shouldn't talk to these people. I'm like, I don't, I, I care what you say. I, I take it in, but it's not going to change my, cause like yeah. if I start trying to do like get people on that, I think people would like, like I've had people on here that people don't even know who they are. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I had them on for four times. I'm like, I don't care if you know this person. I yeah. like talking to them. And some people are bigger names. Like some people like have a little more name recognition in the community. And I said, I'm just curious to pick their brain because I like, I like, people that have done stuff like high achievers yeah. that locally. So, um, I think, I think the important thing there, Galen, that you mentioned though is, is time, right? It took you time. You said 10 years, you gave yeah. yourself like a really achievable goal. And I think some people expect, you might've gone over this before, but I think it's important to, to say some people expect success right away. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do this hard for a week or a month or a year and I'm going to be there. And, and it's true of anything in life, whether it's, our manufacturing industry here in the North country, it took time or, you know, growing, you know, your own business, it takes time or growing as an individual and overcoming some of that imposter mm-hmm. thing. It takes time. So I, I think that's important. And let's, let's bring it all the way around and stress the point. Yeah. And, and another example is like, I mean, take getting out of like our real estate space. Like I have yeah. goals now that I set that were that were seven year goals. We're three years into my seven year goal. Mm-hmm. Like in my head, I already have the timeline drawn, but I gave myself like a 10 year goal, now a seven year goal. And I have like, I know once that's done, I'll probably have another 
five to 10 year goal that it's like a big goal I'm going to be working towards. One of the things is like, I look down here and part of the reason we have this office with well, part of it is because I, Benner's like one of my best friends, but like, yeah, yeah. and he owns a building and this space came available. But part of the reason I'm like, I want my, I want this building and I want this office because it overlooks this, which I believe is the most prime real estate in the County. This being the waterfront, the waterfront yeah. city of Plattsburgh. Yep. And I look at this and I'm like, if I can be down in this area for the next, and when I say long term, 15 or 20 years, this thing is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. I almost should start shooting video of like stuff and do like every year shoot video and just see like, because I, really, I really believe that this down here, and again, the problem is people, oh, we got the waste sewage treatment, water sewage or water treatment plan. And we have, you know, and there's supposed to be a hotel and there's not a hotel. And like, all, I'm like, listen. I'm not a, I'm an optimistic person. And I said, if you get enough people with the right mindset that are working in the right direction and doing the right thing for the right, right cause, you're going to move, you're going to move mountains. And I look at the North country. I think a lot of it stems from the people at the chamber, chamber and the members of the chamber. Mm -hmm. Those are like the true people that are just like driving this area forward because at the end of the day, and it's amazing. And I had this conversation with both Christy and Jody and, I remember Jody probably about a year in with my involvement in the chamber. And this was two years ago, maybe. I remember vividly Jody saying, how do have we never, how have I never seen you before? And I remember her saying that and it kind of like clicked in my head. And this might, I, this might have been 2018. Like this wasn't <laughs> long ago. This was probably in the last two years, maybe three. No more than three. And uh, I remember Jody saying that. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, you know what? I, I don't know. I just... I made part of it was probably social anxiety of not going out and meeting people. Probably yeah. part of it was just like, I don't know anybody there. So I don't, I think it's cool. Adirondack young professionals, literally. I remember going to my first event and I almost didn't go. Cause I'm like, I same thing. I am like anybody else. You get social anxiety for going in the crowds of people you don't know. And I'm like, God, hopefully there's like one or two people I know there. And uh, there's do, a few. Do, do you get that? Oh my God, all the time. Really? Still. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect I get that. nervous when I go to chamber events still after hours. I swear to God, like I, I get like, I'm excited to go. But I get nervous because I'm like, and the thing is, I'm going to know 40% of the people there. Yeah. And probably yeah. out of the 40, I'm going to know 90 of them really well. But in the back of your head, you're like, yeah. there might not be a single person kind I'm of thing. like, I'm going to yeah. roll in and nobody's there. And I'm going to have to like small talk with somebody. And they're not going to want to talk to me. And nobody's going to know who I am. And and all that's not true. But it still plays for my head. And I, I feel like that's so important for, for people because you're you're a confident guy, Galen. You, you exude confidence and you're successful. And I think it's important for people to know that sometimes you still feel that way because I think it validates the way they're feeling too. All the time I feel. And, and, this, I'm not, and this is not like <laughs> exaggerating because I'm not like talking on this. Like I swear to God, I get social anxiety about going to every single networking event. ADQIP is a little different. Right. Because right. they're my age. But it, the first time I went there, I swear to God, it was at Oval Brewing and I was scared to death to go there because I didn't think I was going to know anybody. And I showed up and again, I was 25, 26 years old. A 30 year old to me still seemed old. And I don't know why this was the same. It's kind of like the high school syndrome. Like if you're a freshman, a senior seemed old and three years apart. Like you graduate, what year did you graduate in high school? 2012. You're four years younger than me. For me, four years in high school is like an eternity. Now I'm like, I don't know, you're 28, 27. I don't know how old you are. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's kind of the one where it merges together. But this was one of the major hurt. And I'm not talking 10 years ago. I'm talking four or five years ago before most of the stuff I've done now, like that a lot of people have noticed has been done in the last five years. 
which is crazy. My first five years, nobody knew who I was because I never went out and met, I met people, but I met people, I met clients and it meet people like a lot right. of people and go, right. go out and really put myself out there. And I look at it now when Jody said that, I'm like, you know what? I, yeah, I just never did. And I said, I, I kicked myself. Like, and I look at these people that go to these events that are early twenties and I'm like, you yeah. guys are, you're smart. And then mm-hmm. the, the people that come on now, I'm like, listen, like, you know, you're 2021, 20, come with me to these events yeah. and meet people because this yeah. is what you have to do. And these people, no matter what, I'm not going to chamber events to sell a house. I'm going to make a connection with a person yep. because you, that's how I look at it. You may never buy or sell a house for me in my entire life. And I'm totally fine with that. But if I have a relationship with you for 30 years and you and I, for some reason can a- are able to use each other's strengths to yep. build up the community, that's a win. And and I look at so many people at the chamber. I'm like, they're like, well, you know, I don't want to go. And there's other people in my field. I'm like, who cares? I said, go and meet people. I said, this event, one of the benefits of it, that was a a side benefit of this golf tournament was that you met people you've never met before. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick Bracey, for example, right? Yeah. I I golfed with him. I golfed with Megan, uh, his, his girlfriend. And, um, Man, like I bumped into him when he was voting the other day and we were like, dude, we got to go out. We got to get a beer together. Like yeah. we're, we're friends now. And like I never knew him before. And yeah. and I think that the thing to remember and it's so important and, and I have to remind myself sometimes is that no matter what their age is, they've been where you've been. They're a human being. They put their pants on in the morning just like you do. You know, it's just like, it's scary, but it's so important. And I think that over here, this waterfront, to go back to what you were talking about later, I know Benner would like a splash pad there. So bad. I don't know if he's told you that. I no, Nothing, honestly, anything Benner says doesn't surprise me. So, <laughs> but, but if water in the middle... Water slide, water park, yeah. If, you, if you're never, ever not doing anything at two in the morning and you want to go build him a splash pad, that man would go, he would be ecstatic the, over the moon. The problem is... Which is not really a problem. I kind of like, we're both weird. Better would call me at two in the morning and be like, dude, we got it. <laughs> How do we build a splash pad out in the lake? And I'm oh, like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, what do you want? Uh, like, I don't know. Let's do, I'd be kind of dope. Let's do it. And uh, we've had more than like, but, but uh, part of that is like the creative part of like thinking big. It's like, mm-hmm. it may never happen, but if yeah. we're, if our mind's traveling to those places, even if we don't hit that, we're going to hit some cool things. And I think, yeah, you like you take it back a bit. You like you just keep scaling it, yeah. and then you're like, okay, here's achievable. Here was the dream. Here's achievable. Let's work towards it. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's, I don't know. I'm such a big proponent of that stuff. And like, the the chamber, I think if people aren't involved in the chamber, and I was one of these people five years ago. I'm like, you're you're insane not to. Mm-hmm. There's so much value mm-hmm. there. And and even if you go and you say, I got absolutely no monetary value which i call bullshit on but if you get yeah. no monetary value meaning like you gain relationships and you gain you, your business will get ahead no matter what even yeah. if it's not direct sale yep. i'm saying the relationships you build far away you can't put a, a price tag on a relationship and that relationship is like the idea like the amount of people that i know half the people that came on this podcast are people i met through 80 kyp or the chamber and, yeah. I, and they're great people and it's like yeah because they're like-minded i'm like that's it i i, I think when uh, so i was a uh... Uh, when I joined the chamber last July, you know, I, I, I'm a millennial. I was born in 94. At least I consider myself one. Um, and I think that I, I kind of was of the mindset that if somebody needed something, if they needed to know something or where to go to buy something, they Googled it, right? We get a ton of phone calls at the chamber. 
a lot of them asking where people could go to buy something, wow. find something, get a service done. And when I when I'm talking to a not yet member, someone who hasn't joined yet and hasn't joined the chamber, I tell them this, and I think it resonates a little bit more because it's someone myself being young. I'm like, I tell them the story. If if you needed to go and find a tanning salon, let's just throw something out there. I would assume that people would Google it. But within the last month, we've gotten two calls. You know what I mean? And if you become a chamber member and those people sign up for a year package, how 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 many people does it take to offset your membership cost? Mm-hmm. And usually the answer is not very many. So then you have that benefit of a direct sale or whatever it is, plus all the additional benefits. And it's really what people make of it. And I tell them that we put all these opportunities in front of you, right? We have our business after hours events. We have all of our webinars and our trainings and, you know, our newsletters, but you have to, you have to want it and you have to want to go. You have to want to network. You have to want to take advantage of what we're putting in front of you. Um, but there's so, so much. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't sell something if I didn't believe in it personally. Mm-hmm. And man, uh, what I've seen from the chamber and what we offer, it's huge. And I think it's a great way to make relationships, connections. Um, I've grown a ton in my role because when I worked in politics before this, I made a lot of connections, but in the sense of government. So like I knew the local town supervisors and all the Clinton, Essex, Franklin County, like I could name you from the town of Belmont or, you know, whoever was uh, town of Willsboro, who this town supervisor was, but I didn't know any of the business people. And uh, when I came to the chamber, now I feel like my horizon has been expanded so much because now I know them. Or at least, you know, uh, I'm familiar with who they are. But uh, I think anybody could do that. Anybody who joins and goes and takes advantage of some of the things we do, you can get just as involved. Yeah, like I, some of my favorite things every year I look forward to. And again, rewind this, okay? Yeah. I, yeah, so I, sound effect. We need like a sound effect board here. I like that. We're just going to hire Joel full time just to sit here during, during podcasts, make sound effects. Um, the after hours, I've been going consistently, I would say out of 12 after hours a year, hypothetically, normally it's just one a month. Mm-hmm. I probably go, or whatever. I know that a couple summer ones get merged, but I probably go to eight, nine, 10 of them a year. Mm-hmm. I try not to miss them. Um, and then the other thing is like, I've gone to the Irish breakfast in my life. Fun event. Fun event. My, in my life, twice. Really? I've been to the business expo once. I've been to the chamber dinner once. And this, huh. is, when I, this is when I talk to people about I, I, like, I don't plan to ever miss those events ever again. Yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is, like, I... Beca- because you went. You went once, and then I, you found but I, out. But, like, to me, I was like, oh, okay, this Irish breakfast, like, whatever. And then, yeah. I'm like, the business expo, I don't have to go to that. And, like, <laughs> but then I'm saying, like, no, like, why would I not go to that? And then mm-hmm. I start looking, I'm like, this is the great, this is, like, the perfect day. Like, yeah. can we have this once a week? Like, yep. and so those are the things that the Chamber Golf Tournament, like, mm-hmm. I think I'm involved in almost majority of every single thing. They just had the woman in business. It was different this year. It was a webinar, but yep. I had the two girls and I actually opened it up to every girl in her office. I'm like, I will pay you to go to this. Yep. Um, a couple of them took advantage of it, but oh, every year I'll still, I'll still say, listen, this is something I think you should go to. I think, you know, go meet people, you know, and I think the amount of stuff the chamber provides is unreal. Um, and again, it's, it's like-minded people. And it's just yep. the idea that even if not, like I've done 
two North Country connections. I plan on doing a third. My my goal is to catch. <laughs> I was gonna ask. My goal you. is to catch Seth Adams, and Seth's <laughs> one above me. So I want to beat Seth. So technically, okay. he's at three. I got to get at least two more. So yep. until like somebody kicks me out of that, because it's always a new group of people, and yeah. I'm like, I don't care. Like I'll, and they're all different. I mean, you bring in different speakers, and even if I have to hear the same speaker two, three times in a row, whatever, get the message again. It's not a bad deal. Yep, absolutely. And uh, There are some that are staples, right? So we want to keep like certain ones, but we change it up. And, and really the benefit, I, I, I heard this, we ran a supervisor training series last fall. And uh, after the whole thing was over, I had one of the people who participated come up to me and it was actually an employee from one of my cluster companies. And she said to me, um, the classes were great. I learned a lot. But really, the one thing that I took away from all of this is that I made a new best friend. And yep. I was like, I was like, are you serious? She's like, uh-huh. yeah, so-and-so and I now go out every whatever, Wednesday, Thursday night to all of Ridley's, and we get a drink. And she's like, we, we sometimes complain about our boss. We yeah. sometimes complain about work, complain about our husbands. She's like, but it's somebody that I'm a friend with, and it happened because of this class. Yeah. And, you know, that that's what's important. I think you can take away all the other stuff, the stuff that we put down on paper on a flyer or whatever, but you can make really cool connections. You just got to take the jump. You got to take the dive. You got to do it once. Get yourself out there. If you don't like it, that's fine. You know it's not for everybody, but uh, give it a shot. The, the That's incredible. The This tournament? Yeah. If you would have asked me prior to the last five years, how many of these people I knew? Two? Really? No way. Steve Bombard and Mike Rowe are the only two I know. And I didn't really know Mike works with us now, like part, part-time works with us. Like, You didn't know Matt? Craig? Yeah. I met Matt Craig. Fun fact about Matt Craig. I met him at our first, at the Oval Brewing or whatever. When yeah. we went to the- um, The, the one we were talking about earl- yes. earlier? Yeah. Met him there. I thought Matt was older than me. Come to find out, he's like your age. But Matt, um, yeah, I had heard of him. Didn't know who he was. Ryan Lee, I kind of knew in high school. We knew of each other. Never talked to each other. Found out that our wives coached soccer together. What? And me and Ryan are good friends. Jared Burns didn't meet until that stuff. Where'd you go to high school, Gail? Jay-Z. Okay. Adam Scarf. Like, kind of met Adam a little bit through soccer, but like, I know him a little better now. Mm-hmm. Forrest Edwards, definitely business. Same thing, like, Half these guys I've met in the last five years, hmm. like Meg, one of my best friends, met at Adirondack Young Professionals. Like, yep. and you start talking about these people that you, Ellie works with us. Ellie came here because I met uh, her, one of her best friends, Brittany, who worked at was at um, Adirondack Young Professionals. Had yep. to say, hey, listen, I got the perfect guy for you. Um, Hannah met through Aaron Benner, who works here. And like, I talked to all these people. I'm like, listen, you don't know where things are going to shift out until you meet people because yeah. it's like, the like, the degrees. What are they called? The degrees of separation, but. If I meet seven you, degrees of Kevin Bacon, yeah, yeah, like, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, I know Kevin Bacon, just a couple people away, you know. Like, <laughs> but it, it's the like I've seen this movie. Uh, but but if you take like the idea that I, you or I, if you called me and said, Galen, listen, like I'm trying to get in contact with this person. Do you know them? Yep. Yeah, I do. Let me call them. Like, mm-hmm. it's amazing that when they say like it's not what you know it's who you know it's both it's what you know and who you know but like the who you know is going to allow you to show what you know exactly i find i'm like i I literally one of my goals every day is to just meet people like 
as crazy as that sounds, the more people I meet, the better it is. Now, some days it's like, oh, it makes it a little more difficult to go grocery shopping because I run into everybody. <laughs> but it, part of it's like, I like that. I like, yeah. like knowing, like, I like walking down and seeing people or going to a restaurant. If I go to a restaurant, guaranteed I know somebody in the restaurant yep. every time I go. And yep. you know what? I like that. It's kind of cool because you can say hi to somebody and it's like, does your wife ever get frustrated? Because my, all the time, man, all the time. We go to Hannaford Price Chopper, Valcor Brewing, wherever it is, and I run into someone. She always looks at me. She goes, <sighs> and she walks away. But, you know, it, it does give me a nice easy out because, like, typically I love running into people. But, like, had a long day, a little tired, want to get home. Conversation's been going for a few minutes now. We're kind of repeating things, and... I'm like, oh, I really got to go catch up with my wife. I don't want to let her keep doing all the shopping by herself, you know, and then I boogie on out. That's, that, no, I, I, so my, my, <laughs> I remember as a kid, that was my dad. And I was yeah. like, I'm like, man, like, how, like, how we, does he know we, everybody? We would be like in a town, a city out, like we'd be in Syracuse, we'd be in Albany. True yeah. stories. I mean, we would run into people in these places. I'm like, how do you know somebody in the Syracuse mall? Like randomly, <laughs> like, and I find that I'm like, I'm like that. And my wife kind of jokes. My wife had a pretty big, and it still kind of does, but like a name recognition from like sports and college and stuff back in the day. And everybody mm-hmm. was always like, oh, are you Gina's whatever? And originally I was like, oh, like, wait, aren't you Gina's husband or boyfriend or whatever at the time, fiance? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now she, she even said like, now she's getting like, oh, aren't you Galen's wife? And like, huh. it's kind of funny when that comes. Huh. And I, I don't think, it's not like something that we like ever look at, but it's kind of weird. I'm like, well, that's kind of crazy. Cause she, yeah. her name recognition was way higher than mine five years ago when we first got together. Now it's like. People start seeing me more out, which is kind of cool, but it's uh, it's different, and it's part of what you try to build up, especially in my field. Like you want people to know you, like that's part of the benefit. Like, and you know, maybe you don't need people to know you, but there's a benefit of going out and seeing people. And a lot of it is, and even if it's down to like, hey, if I can help you get a job at this place because I know the person and put you a reference to that person. Yep. I look at that like I don't plan on ever working anywhere else. You know, I'm gonna always work for myself, but I'm like, if I can, even people that work like work with us, I'm like, hey. What's your goal? My, well, my goal is to do this. Okay, cool. You're going to work for, with me for eight to 10 years, and we're going to make sure you move to that goal. And that might not be yep. with us. That might, But it's like, you can still at least propel somebody into that place. Yeah. Um, question I had about you, for you too. Yeah. Politics. You, okay, you get a bachelor's, economics, political science. Correct. SUNY Plattsburgh, go-karts, um, alumni too. And, uh, so you worked for, and, and tell me the story, because I know you've said you, it wasn't just um, Congresswoman uh, Elise Stefanik. You worked for Congressman Bill Owens, right? I interned for him. Yep. Okay. So yep. what? give us the whole spectrum of like, how'd you get into politics? Why Why do you like politics? Do you still like politics? Because obviously we're in a <laughs> really weird spot now. We don't talk yeah. a lot about po- yeah. political stuff, but you know, I'd like to hear like your background on this. Yeah, 100%. So uh, when I was growing up, my dad, uh, he was an Air Force guy. Um, I was actually born on an Air Force base. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But but I'm going to do the crack again. Hold on. There's that for you. Again, ya. the official sponsor of uh, the Gail and Trombley show, unofficial. I got ruby grapefruit. That's all right. Let's do it. Do you want this? No. You sure? I'll swap. There's another lime there too. Have you had this before? No. Uh, Let's swap. There's another. I want to get, uh, give me a one out of 10. There's another lime in there if you want, or you just want to do the variety pack. There's three of each. So grab whatever you want. There's the lime. There should oh, be a little right there. The yeah, sneak in there. Yes, that back. hiding from me. Oh, dude, what is this? Grapefruit? Grapefruit. Right, yeah, I, I want your honest opinion. One out of 10, what you think of that? I'm not going to spoil it. I just okay. want no, that. No, no, I'll tell you. Okay. 
I'm probably gonna have to say, is it better or worse than natural lime or black cherry? That crack, man. What do you think? Worse than the lime. Definitely, I love lime, so that's gonna be number one. Yep. Um, I hate cherry. Black cherry was actually okay. I'd say it's kind of a push with the black cherry. I may actually... I hate to say this. I may actually say black cherry. Is better? I may say this is three of the ones that I've had. Lime's number one by far. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like lime. I I put lime in a lot of stuff. Um, God, I don't think I would... I might need another sip of it, but I think black cherry right now is number two. Yeah, that's that's my feeling too. Ruby grapefruit always comes down on the What's list. What's the other one in there? Uh, you got raspberry. Raspberry, See, like raspberry and cherry, they're kind of in the same boat for me. Raspberry and cherry remind me of like that terrible antibiotic you got as yes. a kid. Yeah, diamond yeah. tap and all yeah. that crap. Ugh, well, ugh. Well, give me, give me your, give me your top three favorite like fruit flavors. Do you have three? I do. The I reason do. I ask this is your also favorite flavor. I know this for some reason is maple walnut ice cream flavor. Oh my goodness. You remembered. I, Joel, did you see the video I put out for the golf tournament? I don't think so. I put you as the youngest old man in the tournament. I didn't see that. Yeah. You're teeing off. I said the youngest. We got it. We should have okay. got more sound bites from you. So here's the things. Maple walnut ice cream, Werther's original candies, loafers, rocking chairs, a good book, a nice blanket, flannel, please. Are my favorite things in the world. And if I can get a presidential autobiography to read at the same time and probably fall asleep while I'm rocking, dude, that's like heaven. Like, I am literally in heaven just thinking about it. You sure you're not 62? You're 26? Uh, people say and, I have an old soul. I, the thing I, is, you got a you got a plaid shirt. Yeah. You got a sweater. You got a sweater. Like, I wouldn't say sweater vest, but you have a sweater over the shirt. Sweater over the shirt. And this is my style. And this is and, and with, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even looking at your pants, but I'm guessing you have some type of khaki <laughs> pants on. And the thing is, like, I, I own zero pairs of sweatpants. I relax. And really? G- yeah. I, okay. Let's let's get a, let's let's do a little bit of fun here. My wife makes fun of me because when I lounge, I lounge in like comfort fit jeans. Like relaxed fit jeans are my comfort wear at home because you never know when someone's going to show up. You just never know when someone's going to drop by. And like, so, I want to be prepared. So, 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 Joel, this is the difference between you and I. There's a lot of similarities. My wife calls me an 80-year-old, 80, 80 and okay. I'm the same thing. I like crossword puzzles. I like books. I like, if you could give me a day where I can sit down, have a cup of coffee in the morning and read a book, yep. I'm happy as can be. Yep. I don't read as much as I wish I wish I could. Um, I'll tell you right now, though. I'm dressed on a normal day, probably in black jeans, and a V-neck or a crew neck, plain t-shirt. And that's, rock it. And that's my, that's my thing. And I used to, when I got into the business, I'm like, I'm going to have a collared shirt, button down shirt. Then I got to like the suit jackets and I'm like, you know what? I feel way more comfortable in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt yeah. and nobody has given me backlash and nobody has no. said you're underdressed. And part of the reason is I think I got enough people that think like this kid at least knows what he's doing. I don't care what he dresses like as long yeah. as he's going to get me what I want. But you, on the other hand, have taken up, I like Werther's Originals, I do. <laughs> So um, good. I will. I will admit, maple walnut is a very good ice cream flavor. Yep. I'm a cookies and cream guy, so I still think I keep the little bit of the kid in me. But okay. um, I do like a blanket. I do have some uh, Minnetonka slip uh, moccasins. Um, big fan of those in the winter. Yep. And uh, but sweatpants. I have like a gazillion pairs of sweatpants because like yeah. on a like on a weekend, I'm in sweatpants, t-shirt. If it's warm out, I have shorts on or a hoodie. Um, you, 
your average dress, I would say, is my above average. It's not even business, business casual. This okay. is my business business casual. That is a little dressy. I do like dressing up, but I think you take it to a different level. But I'm one of those guys. I appreciate it. If my wife saw this, she'd be like, honestly, like Joel might out old you, but you're not far <laughs> behind. So continue. I feel like I feel like we're of a similar thread. I feel like we were cut from the same cloth. I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know when I came into doing this. I think it was in college. Like in my freshman year, I got uh, voted in the student association as a senator at SUNY Plattsburgh. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in the big time now. <laughs> Gotta go buy me some clothes. So I went to like JCPenney's, bought three dress shirts, like rotated them, like, mm-hmm. you know, Monday through Wednesday and then washed them and Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And uh, I just got into this like, um, like dress good, feel good, do good kind of attitude. So even when we were working from home during COVID, like 7 a.m., wake up, shower put on a a button up and a sweater sit down on my computer at my home and work all day long and then at like six o'clock after dinner six six thirty and i eat dinner early by the way like tonight happy uh, hour yeah oh happy this is a late night for you dude i do i do what is it early bird dinners at restaurants freaking love them unreal dude so good when do you eat dinner normally like uh, probably five thirty six o'clock and that's and that's like if i could get done work earlier and go eat i would Really? Oh, 100%. I get a stomachache. I'm a 6.30, 7.30 every night. Really? Oh, every night. Tonight, I'll... What time I'll... do you normally crash? At bed? To go to bed? Yeah, yeah. Um, in a perfect world, by 10. To be honest, it. I would say probably 11. Okay. 11. Right. If I had to really pick, I'd really like going to bed about 10, 10, 30 and waking up about 6. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe 5. But um, that's... Dep- I haven't oh. done that in a while. I'll be fully honest. I wake up probably about six six thirty in the morning. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I struggle with indigestion, man. Like that's great. That's... My I, I come in and my doctor's like, like <laughs> my doctor's this like, is so funny. <laughs> my doctor's like, dude, you're twenty six years old. I was like, yeah, but like last night my back, like he's like, well, what'd you do? I was like, I, I don't know. I stood up too fast last night, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, dude, I like I can't believe. You act as old as you do, but I feel it. I feel it deep down in my soul. We did one of those. Okay, I'm gonna get to your question eventually. We'll, this is fine. We'll, I love we'll, this. We'll, we'll loop this back. Part, I was gonna this. get to this anyway. So <laughs> we'll get to the political stuff later. Let's go. So I don't know. I don't know if you've. I don't know how spiritual you are, and I'm not gonna bring this into religion. But like it's semi, it's semi. Yeah. So like I've always kind of like deep down kind of thought that reincarnation was a cool concept, right? So I uh, saw this video the other day, like. I say the other day, it was a couple months ago. Um, it was about um, past lives, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like this like trance thing on YouTube that you could do. And um, I told my wife about it. Uh, and she was like, give it a shot. And I was like, all right. So I did it. And like, I, I, I had no expectations going into this. I actually thought I'd fall asleep, right? I was like, oh, he's going to put me into this like sleepy because their voices are like, you're drifting deeper into sleep. And then, like, you know, I, I figured I'd fall asleep, but I didn't. And I actually had this, like, vision, this this, this, this uh, experience, I guess you could say, of me wearing a robe. And, like, it felt like a long, long time ago in ancient Greece. And then all of a sudden, all the things, and I'm not, like, a Greece fan. I've never, like, looked into their history. So, But all of a sudden, all these things in my life started making sense. Old soul into politics. Greece was the birthplace of democracy, right? And I was like, this would line up perfectly. So... I don't know. Old soul 
into politics. But to answer your question about politics, let's loop back around. Let's get on track here. <laughs> Sponsored by White Claw. Um, <laughs> which, which again, like, actually, I, was, I actually told a couple people today. I'm like, I asked Joel what he wanted. I'm like, do you want beer? And he goes, I really like any kind of seltzer. <laughs> Or light IPA. I'm like, you would. So we I'm like, you know what? Honestly, it was like 60-something degrees today. Let's get some White Claw. Yeah, it's Why not? Delicious. Keep summer going. It's refreshing, man. I, I, I'm a big fan. So good. I, I'm a, we always we play golf tournaments, scrambles. Yep. A lot of times we, t- we um, Team Claw. We have, yep. a, we have a group that we call ourselves Team Claw just because we will drink um, an absurd amount of White Claw amongst the team. Okay. And uh, we have a good time. It's it's so good. It's so light. I don't feel heavy after I drink it. Like I, I, I don't get that guilt. My favorite drink is a is a is a club soda with vodka, and I'm typically a club. I'm a goose and club guy. With are you the same? I I wish I wish the listeners could see my face because you, I feel like do, well that's why I kind of stop. You look the other way. You were, I got a gray goose with club soda with a wedge of lime. You, you kind of squirt the lime in. Get a yeah. one or two limes and squirt it in. Yeah. I will drink Tito's. I'm not a high class like, but I like my personal favorite is goose, but I will drink Tito's. That is my drink. Were we separated at birth? Is that is that really your favorite drink? Oh my god, dude! Because it tastes delicious. I don't feel guilty after, and it's good on the waistline. Like y- you got all the pros going. So I think that's good. My, my actually the reason I yeah no you're right you're spot on yeah I also what's, what's do it because there's no there's no well two things three things number one okay this wasn't two but this would be the third it tastes good yeah it does taste it good. tastes yeah, good yeah. and and I usually drink the club and soda in the summer. It is my go-to wedding drink, and I probably shouldn't drink it at weddings, but it's my go-to wedding drink. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I might drink a little too many. Hey, yeah. um, it goes down smooth. It, it goes, goes down, down easy. I can, I can. And it may not be singles. It may be doubles. It's okay. We're, <laughs> we're, we're amongst friends here. But but the idea is, I, so I get the, uh, it tastes good. Number two, club soda, no sugar. Exactly. Vodka, no sugar. It's a clear drink. So what happens is, it alleviates the hangover. Yeah. yeah. People are like, no. It I'm like, dude, you don't get a hangover. because 100%. The other thing is, you talked about the stomach. When you got club soda, it's kind of like the, the ginger ale has like the bubbly yep. carbonation. But number two is like if you don't, you're drinking water with alcohol. So people are like, you're not hydrating. Well, you're hydrating the whole night. The amount of times, this is the, this oh, is I what, never thought about it that way. It's, it's half, I mean, it's water. So you're oh. drinking, because what happens is people will do mix. They'll do a soda with a, with a, with a, like a, they'll do a, a rum and Coke. Yeah. Okay, well, the rum is a is a sugar. There's alcohol to it. It's dark. It's not clear. There's sugar and whatever in it. Yeah. Plus a soda. Put those together. Eh, bad, bad. You put a you put a vodka, which is just clear alcohol. There's no sugar. Added in with hmm. carbonated water, which is just bubbled. It's just it's air pumped into water. It's water. It's just bubbly. It has a little like damn little pop. That's why these are good. It has a little pop. You know and. So, so we're sure today, today's podcast is sponsored by White Claw or Tito's? It could be anything. Okay. And Tito's, right. big fan, Aaron Benner, big Tito guy. Okay. But All the right. thing is, natural lime, If you, that's why I like the lime. So yeah. if you get, if you drink this on a normal day, the benefit, why I drink it at weddings, because weddings are time to celebrate and have fun. Absolutely. What happens? I get very, um, let, let's just say I, I get in a good headspace when I drink these. Because we're just like having fun, and I wake up the next day totally fine. Yeah. So like my thing is like if I can just like what are what are hangovers like uh, now at thirty? Yeah, at thirty. Not yeah, not, not good. good. Honestly, no. at twenty five, weren't good. I was. Oh uh, yeah, was, they're not good either. I, I, I see those commercials right where people are like, oh, at twenty five, I was fine, and I'm like, am I supposed to be there? Like, am I? Because my hangovers oh, hurt now. I wasn't good. I my 
this is where I'm like an old soul and people are like, Oh, I could just puke and rally him. Mm. The amount of times I've went hard back to back days in my life. I can probably count on five hands. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like one, like this is me. Or oh, are we going to go hard? And I, I, I loosely use it hard, hard. this day. And yeah. like, yeah. like hard is like actually going downtown for me. Like I don't do that. <laughs> I got kids. I'm married. Like this doesn't happen often. So yeah. if I was to go, go out, to get drinks and just know like this is my thing like either go out with friends and have a couple of drinks drive home totally fine enough where i'm just fully in control if i'm gonna go out with the idea that i'm not driving home tonight i'm like i'm i'm going for it the next day my responsibility level has to be zero Mm -hmm. my responsibility level has to be get up and eat thanksgiving dinner like it is nowadays that's not the case i got kids i'm like honestly if i'm going out like I got to know the next day that I'm not even going to be near my family. Not in a bad way. I just, I can't be near them because if I know that I'm going to go home and I have to like wake up with the kids the next morning, like no, I'm not going, like I'm not going hard. Yeah. Yeah. Have a couple oh, drinks. I'm waking up. I'm waking up at seven, whatever. And I'm just doing my dad thing. But, um, hangovers, man, not good. Nor no. do I want them to be. I, I have no problem dealing with the hangover the next day. You kind of like, Oh, that sucks. But then you're like, ah, it was kind of worth it. I deserve it. You know, I've haven't done that in probably a year, yep. but the next day my calendar has to be clear. And this is not just work. This is life. Like yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta wake up at 11. I gotta go get like, I can go eat breakfast. I can go to the diner and eat a greasy brunch meal. I can hang around. I can hate my life. I can do whatever, it, the, but the, I have no responsibility. It, it's perfectly phrased because the last time I, I was hung over, it wasn't too, too long ago. But I, I hadn't drank in a while because because of COVID, right? Like, so I wasn't going downtown. I wasn't going to the bars. My tolerance level dissipated You thought it entirely. went down. Mine went up. Did it? Oh, dude, I started drinking like a fish, man. Really? Yeah, COVID. I was like, what? I got nothing going on tomorrow. I might okay. as well have a... I, I drink a lot of... I drink... No puns, but I drink a lot of Corona because it was... <laughs> This happened in April, man. We're getting to the warm weather, man. As yeah. soon as it hits like May, I'm like, I'm in Corona mode. Cor- corona so, and a lime. Yeah. Corona and lime. Yeah, and I bought lime. I'm popping lime in that. I drink Corona and lime. I drink a lot of, I like wine, just wine itself. And uh, I drink a lot of like, uh, I got hooked on like rosé, like a good rosé. And, and like people like, people like talk crap about rosé. Rosé is a nice, like, it's yeah. a white wine. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So I had chilled, had some rosé. A question for you. Question for you. Yeah. You ever go to a wine tasting? Yeah, and pretend you don't like something so that way you get another another type. Have you ever done no, that? No, I haven't. Am I a bad person? No, I think it's great. Okay, you actually just like clue me. Oh I'm like, my wait, god, wait, is that a man. play that I got to do all the time? So what? I'm not a big red fan, but I love rosés and whites, especially okay. if they're chilled. I'll yeah. drink them either way. But like, okay, and we're we're gonna we're gonna bring politics back into this for a second. Please don't judge me, listeners. I went to Trump Vineyards, but before he was president. Okay. So yeah. there's a. There's I went a Trump- to Trump National Golf Course before. It was a good golf course. Really? Outside, uh, outside Philly, Bedmin- yeah. Bedminster, New Jersey. I think. Fact check us, folks. I think it was there. It was a good course. Nice yeah. course. Yes. A, yeah, I'm yep. jealous. So we went to Trump Vineyard and uh, it, it, good time. Good time. Uh, staff employees were all kind and, and whatever, but they they brought out the Reds and I was like, oh, I don't want the Reds. And uh, Carrie at my t- Carrie at the time, my wife, she was my girlfriend. She doesn't like them either. She doesn't like wine in general. So we went to this wine tasting. She wanted the charcuterie board. She was like, I'm all about I'm that. I'm a big charcuterie guy. Yeah, yeah. So sh- she's chowing down on the charcuterie and I'm, I'm doing wine. And she, they bring out the the reds and I was like, I, I pretended to smell it. Like I was like, okay, how, how fancy can I look here? What do I have to do? Yeah, I, I did the swirl and the, the Check sniff. the legs. The yeah, alcohol and I was, legs, like, yeah. I was like, I just, I just don't know about this one. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah, I just, you know, I'm like, I'm like 21 at the time. She's probably like, who is this kid? Like, I should probably ID him. And I was like, yeah, I just don't know about this one. 
She's like, oh, well, we have another fine selection. I was like, yeah, rosé or white. Yeah, just bring, bring them over. And she's like, I'm so sorry, sir. Let me bring you a couple more. So I got drunk off the wine tasting, man. It was genius. It was a free date, man. Genius. Cheap date. The, uh, I, is there a question for you? Absolutely. Answer. Is there a better thing in life than day drinking? No. I don't think there is. Because, again. Well, when, it, you, when you know you have time to recover. Well, actually, when, how old? How old? Oh, I'm saying like even now. Even now? My, my thing right now, this is me, and I found a new appreciation. When I was back in college, when I was a young kid, young buck, I was in the game. My thing was, I wait to the evening. I'm a night owl. I'm mm-hmm. going to go out. I'm going to fucking flap my wings. Yeah. I'm going to have a good time. Yeah. And uh, and I like that. And, and you know, whatever. And you wake up. You wake up the next day, 10, 11 o'clock, no responsibilities. As I've gotten older, I'm like, if we start drinking at noon, 1 o'clock, we get a little buzz by about 3, 4. Yep. We prolong that buzz for a little while, and then we go to bed about eight, nine, uh, probably nine o'clock. Yeah, and uh, you wake up the next day, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. Like honestly, I got a good like eight hours of sleep in, uh, nine and, hours and, of sleep, and you feel good, I feel fine. Yeah, and I'm like, I get the benefit without the negative. And day drink, I think day drink is my favorite thing. If I can go out, drink with some friends, get a quick buzz, yep. feel good about myself, get home, and then just you, you go to bed at nine, ten. Even 11 o'clock at night, you wake up at 8 in the morning, you got 9 hours in, you feel like a champ. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And you know, there's nothing better than doing that. And while you're, this is euphoria, folks. Let me tell you about euphoria. You're, you're day drinking, you know you got the day off the next day, you might have one commitment, right? It's like maybe later in the afternoon, it's 1, 2 o'clock or whatever. You get your buzz going, you, you safely get home. And then the person texts you who you have the commitment with the next day. And they're like, I just, I got to cancel. We got to move it. You're like, oh no. But honestly, you've been waiting all day for that person to cancel. And now you got the whole day the next day. You're going to wake up at eight, nine, like you said, Galen, you're going to feel good. You might get a workout in. You're going to conquer and seize that day. Now you have nothing. It's like, it's like you day drinks, you got a buzz, you got home safe. Someone canceled the plan which, as an adult, I, I I can't derive much more pleasure than a canceled plan. I, <laughs> Is that bad of me? Dude, this morning, yeah, person canceled. Not yeah. canceled, rescheduled. Like, hey, yeah. we can do it next week. Yeah. I'm like, well, if that goes, then I'm going to move this appointment up. And then, hey, do you want to go? Let's move that golf outing where I thought it was, might be played nine holes. Now we're going to done. We got 18 holes. I get back, a couple hours. You come in. I got my work done. Yep. I go home. I'm great. Yeah. So, canceled plans. I'm a big fan of can Like, part of me is like... Very rarely do I'm like, God, God, I canceled. Like, I, that ticks me off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most of the time, they cancel. I'm like, good. I had like, I jam packed my schedule today. Honestly, I had too many, too much things going on. Yeah. So this is great. And it's not because I don't want to see you. It's not because I don't want to do the thing we agreed to do. But it's like, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's endless possibilities. And I'm probably. Time, gonna, baby. Got I'm time back. Pro- <laughs> Let's go. I'm probably going to fill those endless possibilities with bullshit. Like, I'm probably not going to do anything. Yeah, but guess that's- what? That's your time to fill. Exactly. Exactly. No one controls me. I am my own man. And you only get so many of those opportunities. Give me that fleece blanket Ex- and a book. Let's go. In a Werther's original, the whole bag, baby. And I'm not even going to feel guilty about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat the whole bag. And I might even bite it before it's done. Get a little crunch <laughs> in there. I got another one coming. I can yeah. just prematurely bite into this one. That, you see, know, that, if you have one, you go to like there's almost nothing left. But if oh you got more God. in the bag, you're like, how quickly can I crunch this to get yeah. to the next one? Yeah, it's like uh, a little bit of you got a little bit of butterscotch like 
like kind of chunking your teeth and chunking your teeth. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's the pro of being young, but being an old soul, right? Because I my teeth are gonna stay there. They're not dentures. I got this. No, I, hit it with a little floss. You're good. You're, you're, a little pick. Your listeners aren't that. What's what's your age demographic here? Uh, the youngest, and probably honestly, probably around the twenty year mark, and. I would say probably in the upper 60s. If you're right. out of that range, please message me. I'll give you uh, some cavernous swag. There you go. There you go. That's but yeah, it, it's perfect. You get a little bit of the crunch. You, get, you remember those old how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll commercials? Yeah, like the little owl with the lollipop? No one has time for that. I bite my Tootsie Pops immediately. Yeah. As soon as you can bite it without going, without with the risk of going to the dentist. Right. Man. Right. Were you a gum guy or, or a Tootsie Roll guy? I'm a huge gum guy. Really? I like oh, the Tootsie yeah. Roll. I'm chewing gum right now. But like when you were licking the lollipop, you would want to go for the gum or you'd want to go for the Tootsie Roll in the middle? I was a Tootsie Roll guy. Man, See, you get that's through, tough. Like, that's you start tough. Like, oh, the, the, mm, the brown one? Was it root beer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get through the root beer one and all yeah. of a sudden you're just like, you bite into that and it was a Tootsie Roll. I was like, yes. The gum was fine. I like chewing the gum too, but there was something about just completing, because once you chew the gum, you're still choosing the gum. If you hit the Tootsie Roll, chew the Tootsie Roll, done. Toss a stick. Toss a stick, you're done. Yeah. There we go. I just yeah. accomplished my, my task of the day. <laughs> no, it's like a, Check that off the list. It's like a 10 to 11 year old, like, done. Ate my Tootsie Pop. You ever look for the guy shooting the star on the rappers? Was that ever a thing for you? You know what I'm talking you, about? You just went back into my back into my <laughs> memory and extracted Orion with his bow. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I did. Wow. Like yeah. I, I was told growing up, like Great all these reference. kids were like, "Yeah, if you if you find the 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 guy shooting the star on the Tootsie Pop wrapper, you win free Tootsie. You got to collect like 15 or something, and yes. then you mail them in, and you get Tootsie Pops for life." I I want to know if there are any listeners listeners out there. I'm gonna make a request. If anyone found that and they collected enough. And you mailed it in, and now you have Tootsie Pops for life. You let me know, because I think they were lying to me. I think they were lying to me. You know me. what I think? I think honestly, I'm expecting an email this week from White Claw and uh, Tootsie Roll Pop, whatever they're called, and I'd be like, "Hey, honestly, we heard that you guys were great. Remember the uh, the Orion, the Archer, whatever you want to call him, the Star." Um, that really wasn't a real thing. We were going to scam you. But because you won, we're going to give you a lifetime supply of Tootsie Pops. And that would be, be like, amazing. Be like, oh, that's great. And like, actually, we don't sell a lot of them anymore. So they actually expired 10 years ago. But they're huh. all yours. And be like, yeah. well, I'm just going to still pump it. Be like, we're, we're sponsored by Tootsie Pop. I, you a little Tootsie Pop shirt, hat. Uh, yeah, but they say lifetime supply. Is it truly a lifetime, lifetime supply if we're biting into them the minute they enter our mouth? I would think that a lifetime supply would be I could just like hit a button or make a request and be like, I need another box. And be like, here you go. Oh, like those Amazon buttons. Like you run out of something and it's like on your wall and you just slap it. If you had to pick in life, what would be one thing if you could have a lifetime supply of, of anything paid for, you could get? And my mind, literally as I was asking that question, went in about four different directions. Did it? Yeah. See, mine started with like household goods, but that's so boring. That's like the old soul in me. Unlimited supply of any, queso, 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 but good queso. What about From you? From where? Oh, I don't know. This is going to mess me up. If you, I was not saying, that was oddly close to mine. Really? What was yours? I was actually thinking Chipotle. Yeah. So like queso from Chipotle, it wouldn't be bad. But I'm saying I you mean, could say Chipotle, like a, like a meal from Chipotle is unlimited. You could have it. I could have much, unlimited queso on the side of said you Chipotle could have meal? Everything that you get from Chipotle is unlimited. If you want just the queso, you get the, the queso. Is it a delivery fee? Am I still paying a delivery fee? 
honestly, this is this is a pure hypothetical, and it's in my mind. You could get delivery. You could get the red carpet. You rolled out. You could get whatever you want. But yes, like, like they're gonna come up to my door and be like, "Mr. Wood, your Chipotle's here." They might actually make it at your house. Oh it to you. my god! Right out of the bucket, right out of the <laughs> scoop, it right out with a ladle and just dump it. Like they're gonna set up shop on my island in my apartment. I would even give me. you queso with the chips. I would give you what, but I'm saying like that would be your choice. Yeah, I'm, my 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 initial one goes to food. Yeah, mine goes to food. Well, mine went to household goods and then immediately to food. Like what after. household good? I don't know, man. Like, not like toilet paper or something? Like, like, yeah, like paper towel. Like, I'm always running out, and I never want to buy it. It just feels like such a waste. But I'm thinking... But I use, like, 20, like, little cubes per, like, mess. It could be, like, a drop, and I'm, like, pulling Yeah, I'm kind of... I, I, I kind of overuse. I'm, I'm also... I'm kind of annoyed right now, because one of what we ordered and uh, is a one-ply paper towel. Mm, mm. It's, like, one-ply one ply toilet paper. I'm like, why would you buy it? Because you have to use twice as many anyways to fold it up and make it a two-ply. Just buy the two-ply. That ain't the bounty greater picker upper. I'm a bounty guy. At yeah, my house, me too. bounty. Here, I don't know what we got, I, but I I missed the boat on that. I'm going to executive decision. We're getting bounty. We're getting some like, legit. If <laughs> that's I not roll, even great value. That's, like, below great. Like, that's, like, know. if great value had a great value. <laughs> <laughs> It's the budget great value. So whatever we have, I like I rip and I'm like, I gotta take six six paper towels to do the equivalent of like one bounty. I'm yeah. like, it's not it's not worth it. No. Um God, that's a great like a great question. What could you have unlimited about? And I'm even thinking like it take money. It's like not like unlimited wishes with the genie. No, take it off the table. No, it's like a it's no. like a, a finite thing. Yeah. Like part of me is like, do you like gas for your car? Oh, see, um, those are like but, but, logical decisions. But I'm saying, I, but I'm saying, like, and I'm, I'm a lot. My mind goes logical, not I like, know, oh, too, I would love like too. unlimited free tickets to whatever. I'm like, yeah, maybe. But I'm like, I'm a logical. What do I spend a lot of money on? My initial thought is, if I could eat at Chipotle every single day, I probably could eat every single day, probably twice a day, and that's not no exaggeration. I'd probably lifetime supply of Chipotle would be my like. That would be me. Yeah, me too. And think about how much money you would save. So, like, you, you go the logical route. You say unlimited gas for life. Okay, sure. But food is expensive, man. And, like, you can you can do a million different combinations there. Like, it's one of those restaurants. It's not like you're getting it from, like, I don't know, like, uh, 99 or what, whatever. At Chipotle, you can get anything. You can do, like, the, 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 the chicken salad. And then you could do a steak burrito bowl and then a carne asada and a sofrita. Like, and a quesadilla. And a quesadilla. And it's unlimited queso. And I got, it's unlimited queso. Guac. Guac's guac. not extra. Guac's, in this in this, in this, in this world, guac's not guac's extra. extra. They won't even say hey, it. Hey, guac. Like, guac. I'm like, eh? Eh, guac. No, 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 no. It's not extra. I'm unlimited. It's unlimited, baby. It's unlimited. Here's my card. Yeah. I'm Joel Wood. I'm yeah, Joel Wood. I'm Joel Wood. Here is my unlimited Chipotle as an... If, uh, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I, I, it's crazy that you and I, this is like, I know it's scary. You and I both went, you went queso and I'm like, well, we can make this big. You, you, you made it Chipotle. bigger. You can say yeah. Chipotle. Yeah. I mean, that's like a thing. Like I was like the conservative option and you were like, no, 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 like, like unlimited burger. food, like unlimited foods, a category. Like queso is like on the menu at Chipotle. Yeah. Chipotle counts. You got queso, you got the fajitas you got the guac yeah guac's not extra again this is hypothetical guess what else is not extra at chipotle what's that the corona the dozeques i'm saying this is the whole experience of chipotle and see i don't have to like tell them so like i always i always go up and they're like what bean do you want pinto or black and every time i'm like a little of each i don't have to say a little anymore i can have 
Pinto and black. I want double. A full spoonful of each, please. You want to know a hack, and this is for the listeners, and this is the only value you're going to get from our Chipotle conversation. (laughs) If you go, I'm a big, like, I want to double the meat, but the problem is double the meat, you're paying like an extra three bucks. Like, get guac and double. Yeah. And those for a fact, if you get double meat and guac, you're like at a $15 bowl here. I'm like, listen, I'm not going like, I'm a... I'm a budget kind of food guy. Like, especially this is lunch, baby. So what I do is I get double rice mm. and I get double. This is my, this is my order. I go in, I want double rice and okay. double fajitas. Okay. Veggies, whatever you want to call it. Double veggies. <laughs> they put a bunch of rice on, they put a bunch of veggies. And I'm like, I just want chicken. Double? No, just chicken. Psychologically, bear with me here. Psychologically, no, I'm what, with you. what happens when the bowl is filled with double rice and double veggies? We might put a little extra chicken on there, not not because yeah. wa- you want to. Yeah, Psycholog- because it because it looks like it looks like I didn't put enough on. I got to do a little half scoop Yo. and I double it. So you're basically getting an, and this I this is not like some made up thing in my head. If you go ask for double rice and double veggies and they get to the meat and you say you want the meat and Test it could it. be the carne asada, which is great, or the steak, or the barbacola, and you add this, they will add a little extra, and then you start going and all of a sudden it's a little extra, and then you get down to the bare end. The only thing I pay extra for is guac. I usually don't pay for the guac. I love the guac. It's a yeah. special situation. Yeah. Um, my normal bowl, like, it's like a seven to eight dollar bowl, and it's pretty much the equivalent of like eleven dollar bowl. And I know this is like God. I hope our secret isn't out. This is a Chipotle hack. And if you work at Chipotle, I can tell you the secret. You already know the secret. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, they probably you're not, know. You're not thinking of this. You're just like, yeah. All of a sudden, you put like one scoop of chicken. You're like, it's like an optical is that illusion. A half? It's an in, optical illusion. There it is. Oh my god! So don't ask for double meat because you're going to pay the extra two fifty. But you if gonna, you, are you going to charge people for this podcast? No, this is free. Okay. Hey, hey, this is a tip for you. You take it with you. <laughs> tell, tell a friend. But it's true. It's like yeah. the craziest thing. You get double, like the double rice, double vet. Now, if you're like Mister Low Carb, Mrs. Low Carb, then maybe skip the rice. I'm a, I'm a load me up on the rice because I probably haven't ate breakfast. So give me the extra, give me the extra. Like I want the thousand calorie meal. Yep. Holds me the dinner bunch on that. I, are you good with eating throughout the day? No, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I, uh, I'm not a breakfast guy at all, at all. Um, two cups of coffee in the morning usually. And how do you then, take it? Usually whole milk. I'm not a cream guy, I, but I am a whole milk and I don't know if that's healthier, but I do it. Somehow in the, in the, in, in the recesses of my mind, whole milk is better. So I do whole milk. And then I do Splenda, but if I have the choice, Stevia. I'm a big Stevia guy. Natural sugar. Yep, yep. So I do a little bit of that at home, Um, but not much. A packet, even for a large or something. And I microwave my coffee a million times because I let it sit. I, like, take a couple sips because it's too hot. I'm like, ooh, too hot. And then I set it down and I forget about it. And then it starts to get cold, Galen. And then I microwave it. I'm like, ooh, too hot again. And then it sits. So like by the end of the, by the end of this cup of coffee, there's like only just like the I don't know I don't know what you call that the schmeckle left right right at the at the very bottom. <laughs> right, uh, right. I know what you're talking about. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, right at the very bottom of the of the coffee that no one wants. I've microwaved this thing like ten times. Really? Oh yeah. What do you just throw it in for like fifteen seconds? Yeah, just like, like a, blast a, a, bit? a quick nuke. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. nuke. Where did nuke come from? I don't know. I, say, I was going to say nuke, too. Nuclear? Like everybody says that. Like, you want to nuke your food? Yeah. I think it's a microwave term. Yeah, I say that, and some people just, like, they look at me, and I'm like, they're like, what? I'm you like, want me yeah, to nuke I nuked it? it. Yeah. I'm going to nuke it. I'm just going to blast it. I'm going to hit the one minute. 
God. Are you a guy that hits the microwave and goes one 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 instead of one minute? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a thing. Yeah, it's a time saver. Are, are, exactly. And are you also the person that at one second you pull it up and shut it just so you don't hear the beep? Yeah, I hate that beep. I, I think hate this the is be- like a universal thing. I like hate the beep one, on the one, microphone. One, but it's really a oven. minute, not a minute ten, because we're gonna pull it at the one second mark. Yeah, it's a lie. We we lie to ourselves sometimes. We tell ourselves little lies, but we know we don't want to hear that beep. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, oh. I, like if I'm near and I'm watching it, like hundred percent, I'm not waiting until it beeps. I'm like one second done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to, to to go back for a second because I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, let's rewind. <laughs> uh, that was terrible. That was we'll, terrible. We'll roll with it. Okay. So, low budget film. That's all right. <laughs> I got to work on that. Um, the reason why I think my mind went to queso in Mexican, why I, I have a thing for Mexican food. I love the pepper. I love chipotle. I love Mexican food in general. I used to work at, Ch- at Chichaco Taco. Did you know that about me? No. I was a Chichaco Taco employee. So when you just talk about Mexican, I love Mexican. Yeah. I'm a, Mexi- I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Mexican food. Chichaco Taco was one of my favorite places because any time I went, I got the burrito. We might have we might have bumped into each other there. If you worked at Chaco Taco, two hundred million percent yes. Yeah, I so I worked at the downtown location on on what was that Margaret Street? Yep. Yep. I worked there. Well, it was Margaret Clinton area. Yep. I worked there, and then I worked at their uptown location too. And that's wait, why wasn't Chaco? Wasn't that where uh, um, Incas is now? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Margaret protection. Protection. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. Corner of that. So I worked there, and then they shipped me to the. They sent me to the uptown location, and that was good. Um, but yeah, I worked there for God. It was probably a year. Baby burritos were my jam. But that's why when I go to Chipotle now, if I want a burrito, if I ever want a burrito, I don't have them do the burrito for me. I'm like a burrito snob in that aspect oh, okay. because I, I used to roll my burritos right. Like I, I got into this burrito rolling groove. So now I know like you fold, you tuck, you roll. And then you talk again. And nothing's yeah. coming out of there. And it's not ripping either. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not okay. ripping. So. My, uh, I'm a bowl guy. The problem is I put too much on the, I'm a double rice, double vet. Like you can't put it in the burrito. So um, I have had people I've heard that double wrap it. Oh. Meaning like you rip, your first one's probably going to rip. The second one just kind of holds it in. Yeah. Um, it's like a safety net. I'm definitely a bowl guy. I used to get the salad. Then I realized I'm like, eh, I got to get some rice in there. I got to get a little bit of, a little more substance in there. Yeah. Uh, burrito rare. I, very rare that I get a burrito. If I get a burrito, it's probably because I have to drive. Okay. Because it's definitely like a meal you could eat while you're driving. It's oh, kinda, yeah. It's, it's kind of like when you go get like a, if I go to Dunkin' Donuts, get like the ham, egg, and cheese. Like it's something I know I can like eat in the car. Yeah, you can um, hold it in a I hand. I try to yeah. avoid that, but you know, like if you're on trips or if I'm like between appointments and having eight, I'm like, listen, drive through, bam, hit it. Yep. Um, if Chipotle had a drive-through, it'd be dangerous. It really would. Oh my god, yeah. They could easily. That'd be dangerous. Um, yeah, Chipotle. I'm a big Chipotle fan. I got a lot of Chipotle points. Um, I'm also big when you talk about like coffee. We have a Keurig. I'll be honest. I hate Keurig. I drink it. Really? I hate Keurig. I'm not. A, I'm a. You do a drip coffee or do you do oh, a French so, press? Okay, so set. Saturday, Sunday at the uh, Trombley household. I'm the only one who drinks coffee. I really have a strong... My son will definitely drink coffee. He's already smelling the coffee with me. I'm like, you, you sniffle. Beautiful. Um, but my wife hates it. Um, daughter, eh, I don't know if she will. But son, definitely 100% all in. Um, I'm a French press guy. I'm an AeroPress guy. Okay. Um, I am... I have an espresso machine. Very poor at it. I'm not very good at it. I got to like research how to do it. Yeah. Um, and I have a drip. I have all of them. Um, 
the last I don't even remember the last time I used the drip coffee. I'm very much typically I'm a French press in the morning. Okay. If it's in the afternoon, I'll do a quick arrow press, so about half a cup, just like a little, probably. Actually, I got the whole ratio. And fun fact, mutual friend, um, Dan, Daniel Frederick. Oh my goodness, yeah, so, Dan. He was my college roommate, man. Yeah, so he Fresh told me that. And I didn't know that. Dan and Cat, the two nicest people I think in this world, are Dan and Cat. Dan and Cat. First time I met him, we were looking at houses and stuff, whatever. You know, that's my my job. But we talked about coffee the entire time. And yep. I was super excited. Big coffee people. He he make he me look a, like the a beginner. He's a self-proclaimed, and I'm not gonna rat him out or say anything he doesn't want me to say. He's a self-proclaimed coffee snob. Hundred percent. I love it. And and he's taught love me it. all of my ways. Like everything that I do now with coffee is because of him. Um we weren't that way in college. Like it was a thing I think after he graduated, he like got introduced to the world of and uh, French press now, full roasted beans. Um, mm-hmm. I, I try my best to do local. I always, mm-hmm. always try my best to do local. But I also like to explore a little bit. So I support local, and then I'll buy something online to try it out. And uh, yeah, props to Dan Frederick for introducing Good. me to the world. I gotta get Dan Coffee. on this. Dan's a like a great guy. Oh my god! If you ever get Dan on this, do do one episode. Obviously, it's your show. You do what you want. Do one episode alone. Bring us on. Because there is oh, I'll nothing. Oh, you and Dan on this. I would love it. It's like an old married couple, uh, like dude, really. Oh yeah. So 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 let's let's tell the story of Dan Frederick and I. Dan's a great guy. Dan's the the Dan's father is Steve Frederick. So Steve used to be at Clinton Community College. He okay. was the vice president for institutional advancement over there. A lot of people know Steve. The name sounds familiar. He okay. uh, he did all the fundraising. He did like for the for the college foundation at Clinton. He's at um, I believe it's Paul Smith now. Wait, I believe it's Paul Steve Smith. Steve Frederick. He follows myself on LinkedIn. Yeah. So if Steve, if you're listening, Steve, if you're listening, Steve was like a like a second father to growing me to me growing up. Dan was like a brother because when I I knew Dan, same class of Beekmantown, same class of Beekmantown. We graduated together. I pretty much grew up at Dan's house, and then when we went to SUNY Plattsburgh, um, I was supposed to be living with someone else at the time, and a bunch of stuff came up, and uh, ultimately Dan and I bunked together, and we were. In a upperclassman dorm room as freshmen living together. So, like, we bonded, like, you know, even more so than we already had at the time. And uh, we lived together our summer of our freshman year at a college or at a, an apartment. Are you on... a number? No, I'm three. Oh, I'm three. that one? Is that, is that a dummy? Is that a full? Yeah, it's a full. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's like, geez. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Okay. No, Sorry you... to break your body. What do what you want? What do you want? The three. Okay. Is How it... much you got left? I'm, I'm I'm almost done. That's why I was like, yeah, are you yeah, on yeah. your fourth? No, 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 no. We're keep, we're about even. Keep going. So anyway, we 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 lived in this apartment on on Cornelia Street together, uh, our freshman year of college, and I don't know. You get to that comfort level with someone, right? Where you have like you have like legitimate arguments over things that are real, real arguments. It's like it's like a significant other. It's like mm-hmm. your wife or your husband or whatever. But you know you're fine. And you yeah. go so long without talking to them sometimes, and you just pick it up like it was yesterday. So if you got Dan and I on this show, especially when it comes to politics or... Would you bicker? Oh my God, we bicker so much. But wait, I, wait, love, I love him. You bicker over politics? Oh yeah. That's a tough thing to bicker over. Yeah, yeah. Me and my wife bicker over politics, and I don't. we just don't talk politics. Like really? Yeah. 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 Same thing with my wife and I, with Carrie and I. We, uh, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of that stuff, so... Um, but Dan, Dan is... One of the, and I think Dan started, I think he had reached out, him and Kat, because 
I thought, I think they just followed me on social media. Yeah. And I think that was it. And two of the nicest people I've ever met. They and would give you the shirt off your their backs. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. If I literally called them up today, I'm like, guys, I need something. I like, I, I don't know them that well. I know them like through like working with them for business wise, but I'm like, some of the nicest people I've ever met, and like, just genuinely like, we went to a showing, brought me a beer from one place. We cracked the beer. Now did we crack? I don't know if we had the beer at the house. We might have. It's a little foggy. Definitely had coffee. They brought me coffee. I'm like, you guys are like the only clients ever. Well, not the, well, I mean, they're one of the only clients bring me coffee, to be honest. I'm like, you bring coffee. You're like in my my inner circle now. Um, super nice people. But no, that might work. You and Dan might be a good. That'd be fun. That'd be synergy. I, I can tell you right now. We, we feed off each other. And like both of our wives now, now that we're both married, they're friends. They're, they're in a book club together. So Kat and Carrie, my, our wives are in yeah. a book club. Dan and I... They they would probably roll their eyes so hard at us because we would bicker like we're a ninety like we've been together for eighty years. I like think Dan's an old soul too. Am I wrong is. in saying that? No. Okay. He's absolutely okay. an old yeah. soul. I get that vibe from him in his own way. In a though. good way. That's why I think I connect with him a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like oh my god, the three of us, man, we could reminisce about the old days that I, we never I would experienced. Think that you're like ninety. He's probably eighty-five, and I'm probably like eighty-two. Yeah. 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 But we'd all like get along. Like, eh, it'd be like he might be eighty-two. I might be eighty-five. We're close. We're we're flip-flop. You're definitely in ninety. It's but but like we're we're all old souls, but in our own way, and like yeah. we're all our own people. So like if you put us on a on a podcast together, I feel like we would just bicker. Do you think I'm gonna have to send this to Dan? Do you think that we'd be drinking White Claw beer, whatever, or drinking coffee? Me, you, and Dan. We'd be drinking coffee with a kick. You think we toss something in that coffee? You think? Oh, 100%. This would be like a little Bailey's, you think? Or this yeah. like little... Like a, I have an odd odd Some feeling. sort of cream liqueur. I honestly feel like, a, like I think we'd like go with the intention of coffee and then we'd go straight into like the IPAs or something. It, Dan's low-key, like from what I know, Dan's like, he's a beer dude. He's a good... He is a beer dude. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he like, you know, he's so accommodating, like uh, the shirt off his back kind of thing. Yeah. That like, if you tell him even remotely what you're interested in, like I was like, oh, I like sours. Like I'm a, I'm a sour beer kind of guy yeah. too. That like when we went, we're big frisbee golfers. We frisbee golf a lot. Really? We froth. Okay. Froth. Never heard that term, but good. Yeah. People don't like it. We froth. Um, he, uh, he'll, he'll bring you whatever it is. He'll go out and find some interesting like melon cart beer, have it for you. He'll drink it because he's relaxed like that. And then he'll send you home with the leftovers. Yeah. It's like it, he showed up at a house one day and just like gave it. He's here, try this. Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. Like, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a gentle giant. Uh, yes, I I look up at both of them. Yep, figuratively and literally, they're both like super nice people, but they're also very tall. Cat uh, came over recently for a book club of ours, dressed as uh, T Swift. I I saw the Instagram post. Did you see it? One of the things and I told her this. I'm like, Cat, the every time you post a book that you read. Because you're like in the hundred this mm-hmm. year of mm-hmm. books you've read. And she goes, well, I've listened to some. I'm like, it counts. Don't, it counts. Yeah, if you're yeah. listening to it, you're reading it, it counts. Yeah. I get so excited. And I'm like, the amount of books that you've posted that I would probably actually read is probably not much. Like you read a different, like, you know, stuff I'm not interested in. But I get so excited when you post a different book. And I read your synopsis yeah. of what you posted. And I, 90% of the time, don't get it. But I'm like. Like that button. I don't, I get excited. I don't know. I told us, I don't know what it is. It's probably the old soul in me, but I'm like, people that post books that they read get me excited. I'm like, 
love it. It's like it's like a whole thing on Instagram. So I I never knew this. And for any listener out there who doesn't know this, I'm about to blow your mind. There's there's like corners of Instagram, right? So we were talking about social media a little bit, Facebook and TikTok, Instagram. There are corners of Instagram that are dedicated to specific interests, and one of them is books. And they call it Bookstagram. And there's this huge community of people who are, their whole feeds are just books and book reviews and and, 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 and talking about authors. And and my wife now, her her personal Instagram, she's converted into a Bookstagram because really? she's that, oh yeah, and they do their book club and, and Kat does reviews now too. So my, my, the it's growing. One superpower I wish I had was that I could speed read. Speed read. I would love it. And... What type of reader are you? I am, like, what kind of books or what style, of, like, how I read speed-wise? Let's do so, the latter than the former. Okay, so latter, I am not fast. I'm one of those guys that I read every single word. I try to, if I'm reading a lot, like, if I'm reading consistently, I can start to pick up the speed of what I read and comprehension. Okay. Um, I'm not one of those people that can truly speed read. I might try it and get through but I know in the back of my head, I'm cheating myself because I'm not really gathering all of it. I'm probably, if I speed read, probably getting about 70, 80% of the story. Okay. Which if I got to the end of the book would be fine. But I also know at the, if I got to the end of the book by speed reading and getting about 70, 80% of what the substance was, I'm probably going to miss some nuances that probably would have added to the like the enjoyment of the book. Yeah. So I read a lot. Like I read all the words. Um, I'm not fast at all. The style of book that I usually gravitate towards is more nonfiction than fiction. Really? I do like fiction, um, but I'm also one of those people, if I'm going to sit down and read a book, I prefer to learn something from it than have enjoyment from it. Because, I hear you. And, I, and, and meaning, if I read a fiction book, I get more, it's more of an enjoyment kind of book. Mm-hmm. If I read a nonfiction, I get, I learn and I enjoy. And okay. I find if I... Like my bookshelf's over there. I have some more at my parents' house. If you like, if you were to go through most of those books, they're probably business related. They're probably finance. They're probably leadership. They're probably entrepreneurship. Seeing some entrepreneurs, Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yep. There's probably autobiographies on, on on entrepreneurs or you know I think the ones that you like. I have a Leonardo da Vinci and a Ben Franklin. I haven't read, but High Achiever kind of thing. Yep. Um. More so if I can pick up some kind of nugget from somebody that is in a field that I have interest in is where I gravitate towards. Um, grabbing a book that's uh, a fictional book. I have a couple. I have like a Dan Brown book. I have an, the Infernal book. I've read most of the Dan Brown books. Um, the Infernal book, I am probably 150 pages in. I haven't picked that book up since 2017. Huh. And I stopped. Like, I just, like, stopped reading it. I'm like, eh. I got another fiction book at my house right now. I read during COVID. Old book. A Steinbeck book. Um, John, Stein, John Steinbeck. John Steinbeck, yeah. yeah. Um, I got probably, it's a 600-page book. I'm probably 400 pages in. Okay. Haven't read it in three months. And I find that, I, like, I lose interest in a fiction book because it's a story. <laughs> I but I find that, I find that books I'll get through, it's, like, nonfiction because I'm trying to learn something. But I'll be honest, there's some books, there's a lot of books over there I'm halfway through and I just like lost interest. I'm like, it's just not, and and I kind of have this weird dynamic when I read a book. 
do I finish the book because I started it and feel like I have to finish it? Yep. Where I have heard people say, honestly, if you get to a point where you're just not getting much from it, just stop. Don't don't finish the last 300 pages or 200 pages. And part of me is like, man, I, like, I just want to get through the whole thing because I'm already this far in. Just commit to it. But I really think that it – I have another nonfiction book. I'm 200 to 400 pages in. I just stop reading it. Like I, I just – I lose interest unless I feel that it's bringing me value and the value it brings me as to the excitement level. Life's too short, I feel. This is my personal opinion. Life's too short to finish a book, to, to, to push yourself through a book that you're not enjoying. I, I wouldn't say that about a lot of things in life because like whether it's like a business thing or whatever, a personal goal, you're going to hit a point where you're like, oh, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And you got to sometimes push through it because like you get you forget why you're doing it. With a book, if you're reading for pleasure especially, if you're not enjoying it, I say put it down, and and my wife Carrie, she uh, she uh, sometimes is the of the opposite mindset. I got to power through it. I got to finish it. Like it's another notch on the belt. Like I want to add to the reading list. But I I started books all the time. I make it through. I give it like an honest, a good old honest try. You know, like three chapters. See what happens. Don't like it. I'm gonna set it down and start something new. Yeah, I I, I think I use that also with uh, YouTube videos because mm-hmm. I. I my YouTube videos, a lot of them are some enjoyment, but a lot of them are knowledge based. Like I try, I'm learning, I'm trying to learn something from the video. Yeah. Um, and then also documentaries on TV. We watched a documentary the other day. It was like 14, no, 14 minutes. It was about this guy that's supposed to jump from space, like space, like one of the stratospheres. And I remember back in 2013, Felix Baumgartner was the guy that jumped from the stratosphere or wherever. And like spun down and finally got his parachute going and went down the space. And that was, I remember watching it live on TV and I thought it was incredible. And supposedly this other guy like beat it because he went up to a certain level without a machine, like without a spacecraft or whatever, I don't know, whatever the difference was. Me and I started watching it. Like, great, we're going to watch this. I like space. She likes space. I'm like, we were 10 minutes in. I'm like, this is boring. Yeah. Quit it. There's another, there was a documentary on, um, it was like a murder mystery one called The Staircase. And this was on Netflix. And we kind of okay. like, I'm not a huge murder mystery guy, but we watched like Making a Murderer. And we watched like, yeah. so I'm like, yeah. whatever, let's try it. And it was, it was soon after that. So like, maybe this would be just as good. And probably like two episodes in, we're like, this mm. is really boring. And we just stopped. I'm like, yeah. no, like, and I'm very bad about finishing like um, Game of Thrones. Oh. Did you watch it? I did. Love Game of Thrones. I watched it. I got into the it was eight seasons eight seasons i believe yeah so i got into the first or second episode of season seven haven't watched it since you're not missing a lot and that's what everybody told me and i'm like and it got so good i was like i'm pumped in season seven i was like it got really good i think the last season i the last episode i saw was the uh the Hodor episode where they found oh, the origin of Hodor, which Dude, kind of you, breaks your heart. Yeah, it breaks your heart, but you and, ended at such a good spot. Like, and, if I could tell someone where to end, just just end it there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I was like thinking, like, I got to keep going, and I know there was like a big battle coming up and all this stuff, and it was like, but I lose interest very quickly if it's not. I get more enjoyment out of like learning something than I do just sitting down watching a movie. And, yeah. and I, so for me to watch like a. It took me a while, honestly, to finish Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad is a phenomenal series. See, I never watched it. I love Brian. Is it Brian Cranston? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest Malcolm in the Middle fan. 
that I think you will ever meet. I remember freaking, the episode where he did this? Oh my god! In the in the episode where he did the decision tree, remember when like yep. he was like trying to figure out how his life was going? I think, we all, I think if you're our age, you everybody watched that show. Oh, it's so good. And uh, so I'm a huge Brian Cranston fan, but I've never watched um, Breaking Bad, and I know I'm probably gonna get crucified for that. But uh, Game of Thrones was something that's near and dear to my heart because I've read all the books up to current. Oh wow, okay. Yep. Yeah. And I and I love them. Um, so I watched all the shows. I started them uh, probably my freshman year of college, actually, and uh, watched them through. But no spoiler alert. We actually got to. There's an episode with a battle. You guys figure out which one. It's later on in the show, and. We invited all these people over to watch it, right? Because we were going to throw a little, like, watch party. And it got to the point where the episode was filmed in such a way where everyone thought that our TV was broken because it was so dark in the episode that you couldn't see what was going on. Yeah. And uh, and then later when they got home and they watched it, they rewatched it, you know, later on on HBO Go or Now or whatever they'd call it. And... Uh, they they called me or texted me or whatever, and they were like, yo, it wasn't your TV. And I was like, oh, thank God. But that whole last season, in my opinion, rushed, wasn't a fan of it. I hope the books are better, but I don't believe George R.R. R. Martin's going to finish them. Yeah, because he's older, right? Uh, he's much older, yeah. yeah. And he keeps saying, he keeps making promises. And, and, and Georgie boy, if you're listening, which would be, dude, top tier if George is listening. You can come on the show. Oh, my God, George, come on the show. I'd I love know him. He looks like an old, like, weathered fisherman, but I'd love to have him on. I, if he wore, I, I just picture him in big yellow boots, like the big, long, yellow, yeah. like, rain boots. Like he's going crab fishing? or Crab he's gonna, fishing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, a uh, cool story for any of the listeners out there. Little bit of Game of Thrones knowledge for you. George R. R. Martin was, he was a lonely child, I believe, but he had turtles as pets. He had a, like a little case with a little cage or, I don't know, you don't keep turtles in a cage. Case? What do you call that? It's like an aquarium. Like a tank. Tank. A tank. tank. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got, we got there. Tank. We got there. A, a, a tank full of turtles. And he used to make up stories in his mind about said turtles as a kid. And he used to like think of them as knights and ladies of the court and stuff. And that's where he came up with the idea for Game of Thrones was from wow. his pet turtles. Um, but dude, if we could get George R. R. Martin on this show, I would tell him that I'm I'm somewhat disappointed. Somewhat. He's a, he's a literary genius. I I, yeah. I I concede to that, but I'm disappointed with the way that the show went, and uh, I just I just hope the book comes out soon because I'd like to see how he imagined it was going to end. But I think he had a part in playing the ending, right? You kind of told him how he wanted it to go. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I big Game of Thrones, but again, tough. I have not finished it. It's yeah. still up in the air. Um, Joel, I want to get. I, as much as I want to get the politics. <laughs> we had quite... I told you I was going to sidetrack this. I, Th- I This apologize. was great because we went into... like We guess honestly, we'll probably have you back on. This was fun. But we'll have to go into the politics stuff. I do want to ask you about that. But yeah. honestly, I think the fact that we gave people a little bit of value about our Chipotle knowledge, I think is more beneficial. Uh, sponsored by not only White Claw and Tito's, but Chipotle too. I think we have three and Tootsie sponsors. Roll Pops. And Tootsie Roll Pops. That's right. How I mean, this I is forget? just like we are... We're making a name for ourselves here. Yep. Um, and also the fact that I, since 8 a.m. this morning, I've been to the bathroom once, meaning I've peed one time today, and I really have to pee. 
So, oh, thank God, we are the same person. You feel the same. I'll let Dude, you I was go looking first. At, I was looking at the po- I was looking at the pause button. Like, I don't know how this works, but I usually we just say go. if you got to go, just go, and I just I just fill in dead oh, air, okay. just go because I don't stop this, I just let it roll. Nah, you're good, you're um, good. I can last. But it's over two hours. I just realized that also that clock is wrong. That's an hour ahead of that clock. I didn't push <laughs> it back because again, I'm sure the clock's above my reach. I have to get a step ladder or a ladder, which we have both in the office, but. For me to go grab it, which is literally behind that door to grab it and change that clock, eh, eh. it's like just it's just gonna keep, take it's gonna take me two minutes. Eh, I got other stuff to do. Just keep so, adding an hour to it. You know what? With less than six months, that would be perfectly in time. So I might just <laughs> let, I might just roll it. Um, yeah. So Joel, I appreciate coming on. We'll have to yeah, do this again. Absolutely. I think this was fun. Hundred percent. You nailed out of the park. Was easy. I figured. I'm like Joel's a shoe in. This guy will like crush it. Basically, I just got to make sure he's speaking into the right mic, and he is gonna go, and he'll be great. So, um, Joel, if anybody needs to reach you, how do they find you? Where can they get in contact with the NAM Trans director? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we got a website, uh, namtrans.org. That's N-A-M-T-R-A-N-S.org. Um, you can, uh, we got a whole website there. There's a contact me page. You can email me, Joel, uh, J-O-E-L, at North Country Chamber, all one word, dot com. Or you can give me a call at the chamber, 518-563-1000. Um, if you're interested in a career in transportation equipment manufacturing, you just want to learn a little bit more about what we do, um, or maybe you're a business owner and maybe you're interested in getting involved with the chamber just in a general capacity, reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions or uh, figure out how we can help. Last question. Do you know how to play P-Knuckle? I don't. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I think I think I remember there was like a kid on the bus when I was in elementary school. It was like you want to pay, play pinnacle. Okay, just for folks, I know I'm not gonna keep this going any longer. I was a fat kid growing up, and I wasn't bullied. <laughs> I was I was I was a short fat kid. I wasn't bullied, but I think I think kids like realize they're like, oh, he's susceptible, but he's too nice for me to make fun of. Like I was one of those kids. Like he's too gentle. And he's just a nice guy, so I'm not going to make fun of him. But there was a kid on the bus who asked me to play Pinochle once, and I remember, I think it was painful. Is that correct? I, I've never played it. Oh. I'm just saying that's an old man game. That's the only thing I was asking. Oh. It just came to my head. I'm like, oh. does he know how to play Pinochle? Because that'd be funny. No, but I, I, I do know how to play Bridge. Like the old lady Pinoc- card game. That's Pinochle's like stepsister. Yeah, yeah. I played bridge. Uh, I took a, uh, I took honors classes in college, and one of them was a bridge class for one credit. I actually got a credit at wow. SUNY Plattsburgh for learning cool. how to I play bridge. I did for guitar. I had fun. Did you? Yeah, it was great. I don't, huh. play, I don't. I'm not very good at guitar, but it was good back then. Yeah, I, would, I, mean, I, I was. I was better than like a layman back then. If you ever, you offer lessons? No. Me? Yeah. I'll go to a concert with you and jam out. Okay. And have a couple of brewskis, but I'm not going to teach you anything. But if you, if if the person can I, you the, can I teach you very basic stuff? Yes. Yeah. So, so if the person who you're teaching has no knowledge, has could, never I touched a guitar, get, I could get them from no knowledge to like playing a few chords and yeah. I'd pay for it. Honestly, I would have you just buy some white claw and we could just sit down <laughs> and jam. It's trust me, my lessons are not worth that much. Can, can you play Wonderwall? I bet you. I, Wonder Wall is one of those things that if you Googled it, I guarantee you it's probably C, D, G, maybe E or A minor. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, probably. That, that's basically it. It's just like I've that, seen people who take like one or two lessons can play Wonderwall. That, Google Dolls. Take any music from the 90s. You pretty much got those four chords. You're good. Well, uh, so here's the thing, okay? Here's what we have to prepare for. If you, if, if, if you feel like that this was a good podcast and you want to invite me back on, we got to get Dan here. And then if you bring in your guitar and you play Wonderwall, I'll sing Wonderwall because I sang it for a, a high school. 
Gonna be the one I who can't saves sing. me. Can, can Dan play guitar? And after all, I don't know. Can don't Dan know. sing bass or soprano? Yeah, he's you definitely got a lower alto there. But I could think Dan being like, save me. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He could back me up on vocals. After all. Would you ever want to do a concert series here? Like uh, Unplugged? We could. we could stream it. I got a new tripod. The Galen Show. I got show. new lights over there I haven't even pulled out yet. We could make this whole thing a studio. Disco ball, cafe disco. Do, do. You an office fan? Yeah, oh, I love The Office. Okay. Thank you. I love The Office. Beautiful. Um, all right, we got, we got to end there. I really okay, got to go to the bathroom. Okay, okay. I know you, okay. Joel Wood, everybody, uh, definitely be a returning guest. This is episode 101 of The Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to The Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.